Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Classic Quest Podcast, the show where we break down rap albums of the classic variety, mm -hmm. track by track, and try to understand why they're classics. My name is HSR. I am your lady friend Bonnie. And today, because the Patreon folk requested it, we shall be talking about Goody Mob, mm -hmm. Soul Food, which is a delicious album if we should get into it. Yep. Um... Just to let y'all know, we're going to do the intro bit here, which you can check the description of the video and see when we actually start talking about the album. But we'd like to start off letting everybody who comes know that there's a huge chance that you know way more about Goody Mob than we do, that you're more of an expert on the subject matter than we are. All things considered, our only qualifications is that we reviewed a bunch of albums just because we just started <laughs> doing it and we just kept doing it. So yep. we say that like to almost... Can't stop, won't stop. Nice. <laughs> so we, we say that because, you know, y'all can really help in a sense, right? So if you, we're going along the way and we say something you feel is a little dumb, a little silly, mm -hmm. or it just makes you want to say something to us, feel free to hit up that comment section. And we are a small enough channel that I can make that effort to answer you back if you make that answer uh, effort to talk to us. Yep. Every comment is extremely encouraged. On the show We Serious, last week we talked about Boogie Down Productions album, Edutainment. Mm -hmm. And on that video, Mr. Dusty Clips said... In response to something I believe I said, I don't know who Juice Crew was. So he said, Juice Crew is a legendary crew formed in the 80s. Members include Big Daddy Kane, Roxanne Shanti, Biz Markie, MC Shan, mm. Marley Marl, Master Ace, Cool G Rap, and more. Cool. KRS-One had beef with them back in the day. On Netflix, there's a movie called Roxanne, Roxanne, about the female member of the Juice Crew, Roxanne Shanti. There was some fun, isn't that? Like where all the Roxanne beef comes from and whatnot. Anyway. Uh, she was Different the first Roxanne. female battle rapper. Cool movie. Y'all should check it out. And hmm. maybe we will. And maybe we'll just make a video talking about it because that seems like what we do over here. Yep. Anyhow, so feel free to join the conversation. It's really important to us. And then it's cool to like see actual conversations break up between y'all in the comment section. That excites me. I get to read that and <laughs> learn some shit, especially when y'all fight. That's, that's actually kind of fun. Yep. Um, fun for me to watch. I mean, learn from, because it's cool to see such conflicting ideas sometimes over certain subjects. Like a friendly debate, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a little more willing to watch y'all go at it personally. But um, anyway, special thanks to our patrons, Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Super Old School 1994, Linda William, and the man who requested this review, the mm -hmm. newcomer to the squad, Mr. Carl. He uh, wanted this one, and that is just, as we segue into our album review, mm -hmm. the reason we are talking about Goody Mob Soul Food. But let's be real. It got requests before. I'm like... We just did Outcast. Outcast is pretty dope. Yeah. And it seems to be that the more we review Southern lyrical rappers. I feel like we've really been in the South recently. Y'all seem to like it. Like maybe it's just that nobody reviewed these people. But <laughs> it seems like every time we review a Southern lyrical rapper of any city, y'all give us more love than say if we do like a New York lyrical rapper. I mean, with some exceptions, like you got the Nas's and the DMX's, which go really well. But then in like that everything else league, it seems like the South is where it's at. And on my end of it, it's just like the South has proceeded to fucking deliver in some. Mm -hmm. Like anybody who thinks the South wasn't lyrical is just silly. 
That's my perception looking at it in hindsight in 2019. Yep. But then again, I'm looking at it in hindsight in 2019 and I've seen a few comments being like, you don't understand. Back in the day, people just didn't get it. Well, this is today. I get it. <laughs> we um, get it now. Or at least we're trying. Anyway, so this is the part of the show where we like to contextualize kind of how familiar we are with the artist because it's super <laughs> relevant in terms of perceiving the album. So if you've been a fan of Goody Mob and the Dungeon family since like way back. Since 1995, November 7th. Yeah, then you're going to feel a certain way about the project. Or if you just heard this album for the first time because you saw we released a review and you're one of like the couple of people that actually check out the albums and follow along, then your feelings are going to be... And then that's be... cool. If you guys do that, if you do... Uh, oh, we you know, know Lindell does that. We You got us, Lindell. Yes, of course. But like if you do that and like, you know, let us know. Like, Or maybe that's you're dope. going to now. If, if you ever do, that would be cool to know. I know a couple of times I've seen people comment and I've been like... That's dope. That was like the dream. Like maybe one day we could show other people albums because y'all been showing us albums for mm -hmm. so long. Um, but as far as Goody Mob goes, I know who they are because back in the day, uh, a dude that I worked with was like dead set on Dungeon Family and their funkiness and Outcast particularly. So at one point I listened to Goody Mob. I'd probably listen to this album or the one after. I think I was really into the Ghettoology song. but And then I, I heard Cell Therapy and... Just kind of, I wasn't ready for the kind of soul that this this group can bring. I wasn't really ready for that kind of music back in the day. Because sometimes you're just not able to really, un it's not that you can't see why it's brilliant, but like, you're just not feeling it because you're not able you're not to. You're that like headspace, like, I guess. I mean, like, as far as jazzy, funky shit goes, it's taken a long time for me to really wrap my head around it. And most of it's been over the course of doing these album reviews. Mm -hmm. If you watch my earlier shit, I'm a big old hater on that stuff. But like you've gotten slightly better slightly um so then like i knew who it was but really what blew my mind is the day i figured out who the fuck CeeLo green was so here's what happened mm -hmm. fuck you comes out you're like damn that's like yeah that's when i really but i feel like uh did fuck you come out at the same time as like when he was um no, it's like like fuck you, you okay. came out when i was in israel okay. that was 20 but, like, uh, I think 14. he was already doing, like, the judging thing, right? Like, he was, like... Yeah, I didn't know about that. But, like, for, maybe you did. But for me, it was, like, I heard Fuck You, and I'm, like, oh, that sounds funky. Mm -hmm. And then I Googled him and realized he was in Goody Mob. And then I realized he was in that Santana album that had vocals with Lauren Hill. So mm -hmm. he's on that track with Miss Lauren Hill, which was, like, crazy to see. Then I realized he's the Gnarls Barkley guy that... Cause I'll be honest with you, that... I hate that shit for oh, a long, I love long it. time. It's still such a good for a song. long, long time. I fucking hated that song. It was all over the radio, and you couldn't avoid it. But then when I realized how much Shilo had done for music, culminating at that like "fuck you" moment, it was pretty like at some point I knew I had to go listen to Goody Mob and shit. But for me, this is exciting because it's kind of been like a something I've been meaning to do for a long time was to go check out their shit. But man. CeeLo's done a lot. I don't know if the other guys have done quite as much, but I, I vividly remember realizing that that Fuck You song wasn't just some new guy. It was just like, holy shit, he's like rap legend, all things considered, for his contributions and whatnot. Anyway, mm -hmm. that's just my where I'm at with this coming into this project. What about you? Um, I really didn't know anything um, about these guys before. I mean, I knew, like, I knew CeeLo, but, like, as, like, a group, as as a Goody Mob, no. I had never heard of them. See, now I know it stands for 
the good die mostly over bullshit. Because sometimes we don't point out these things and then we get that comment like, yo, you know that's what... The, I do know that's what the group stands for. <laughs> sometimes C- we just forget. <laughs> and CeeLo told us on the album, so I wanted yeah. to make sure that it was cool. Because if you look at it, it's like, what the fuss a goodie mob? But the good die mostly over bullshit. Like, right off the jump, just with that name, you know this group's about something proper. And then look at what they called their album. Mm-hmm. Soul Food. That's a powerful name, right? And like, the and like as like the like the the cover album it's like all of them kind of like in like a blurred out kind of like picture and they're all like praying before they eat and you can tell that they're maybe in like a diner or something like that and like you would assume is probably in like the south um so because it's like they all look like they're wearing t-shirts and they're all like praying and it's just like a, they're about to eat and it looks cool and it's dope because it's like it's almost like telling you right away this album is gonna be some kind of soul food for your soul right like that's what the content's gonna be but simultaneously they're in a literal place about to eat some you i would assume slow cooked properly made food is what soul i don't really know what the fuck soul food is i'm, I'm from, i don't know but i want some i know i'm in canada so we like fantasize <laughs> about what it's like to eat the food down there instead yeah. we got canada um <laughs> well i mean it's maple season here so uh i mean that's exciting i guess listen man i look at the chicken from the south and i literally i fucked that shit like it's it's just so good looking to me um anyway so you see them there and it really is a distinct cover right because it doesn't look like it's trying to be like pretty or anything it's in fact looking like shit is fucking hard and Mm -hmm. all we can do is just pray right off the jump and you the group the way it's angled to kind of show that distortion i think really adds to the aesthetic of it and it's fucking cool i can say as far as album covers go i mean I don't know. It's if like, it's a, like the a nice most, average one. I would say that in it, it's so shittily designed. It works. Yeah. It's like from a you look at it from a designer perspective, and it's trash. But you look at it from a communicating a message point of view, and yeah. then it instantly it isn't trash anymore. And it's like this really powerful cover. I think it's something that really speaks to me more than most album. Like, look, I just talked about Weezer's black albums. The fucking four of them in black on a mm-hmm. black background. It's like trash. It's just a nice looking cover. This is like a meaningful speaks to me cover that looks like shit. No offense. Yeah. I like the like the the way that like the words are written. Like they have like images in the words, but it just kind of looks a little like bit two weird. Hands in the well, o. it's two it's two hands being handcuffed. Um, oh shit! Yeah, in, in that. that, and then in like the the M is essentially a black man, I believe. It's like just like the his torso, like just kind of like going like this, and like that's the M for the mob. So it, it's interesting to see that, but it it doesn't it doesn't. Like I don't know if it really works, but so, it's well, a nice thing. try. It works to me because it speaks. Right, mm-hmm. the fact that how often are we able to look at the cover and even talk about it for how fucking vapid they all are. Oh, DMX is standing there covered in red. I mean, it says something. It's iconic looking. Yes. But that shit communicates to me. That's all I'm trying to say about this. I feel like there's too much, like if too much going on, and that's it. Um, is there's too much, a little Eminem too much going puts on out in there. A house, and he's sitting there like this. That's some shit communicating. Even the logo. Anyway. I got my point across. Mm. Um, anyway, there's 19 on this motherfucker, so let's get into it. Let's talk about free. Okay. Damn, that's a way to start an album, mm-hmm. eh? And it sets a fucking tone. Basically, it's it's uh, CeeLo just kind of singing, but it, it reminds me something of like 
like you almost picture like the slave times with that like painful mournful bluesy singing about mm-hmm. how like the woes are coming and whatnot like honestly i just picture like that's that's what pops into my head just like it's meant to emit struggle with that really sparse beat and a really deep like painful singing almost and then the lyrics lord is so hard living this life a constant struggle each and every day some wonder why i'd rather die than continue living this way many are blind and cannot find a truth that no one seems to really know but i won't accept that this is how it's going to be devil you gotta let me and my people go because i want to be free and whatever lord come and save me i want to be free mm-hmm. and it's like fuck that communicates a whole bunch i mean on the one hand you have life's life's hard yep. and it's unfairly hard and then to the point where people can't seem to find a way out of this hardness so it just feels almost like suicide is the option and then CeeLo in that just kind of goes nah but I'm not going to accept the status quo and then in a very Christian sense rebukes the devil and asks the Lord for redemption so that they can be free of the tribulations that they're dealing with and I mean I felt very moved by it I felt very I felt it was super powerful I felt like like I realized this is going to be a depressing ass unhappy album in the sense of like tone but I also feel like if you think about what's going on today in the state of the world it almost feels like it's it's almost more relevant now than maybe it was I might be wrong about this I really have no idea if the south is better or worse but I feel like more people can relate to this now than ever could before. It might be a better way to put that shit. Because I heard that and I'm like, damn, this is like everybody's fucking cry. Regardless to if you believe in God or not. Yeah. I was super moved by it. I found like it was hauntingly beautiful. And like if the goal of the album is to get your fucking attention and move you away from your life into something it achieves. I gave it a 4.5 on 5. It's really strong. It's really short. It's really simple and it's really heavy and it does a really great job. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with, you know, everything you said. Um, it sounds very jazzy, bluesy. Um, you know, life is hard. They're poor. They're struggling. Um, and, like, they just want, um, you know, it is CeeLo singing, but, he you know, they're all kind of in, like, the background, like, maybe, like, coming along or whatever. Um and he wants the devil to let his people go and like let them be free and let them escape like the pains that they're all in and the sufferings and like their like sinful maybe behavior and just to like let them go and be better people like as like a whole as like as a community almost um and they just want to stop being like also subjected to the evils of the world i think and that people discriminate against them and like they there's they're constantly said no to and they're just like put down and you know they're they're reduced to the life that you know everybody judges them for you know but we put them in that position and I think that that's um I think that this is going to be a very honest album um you know just from like that intro like right away I like it I'm interested it definitely sets the tone it's smooth it's like really cool to listen to it sounds very like 50s 60s 70s a little bit um as well um yeah i thought it was great and i guess just before we go on it's worth noting that this is like right next to the other fucking outcast one we just did mm-hmm. uh uh at aliens so or whatever get fucking made fun of for how we say it <laughs> um but yeah and if we remember we discussed on that review how like at the time 
Like this is right around when Andre did his The South got something to say speech. People aren't taking them seriously. And they're just trying to express that maybe life isn't really peaches and cream for them either. And then everyone thinks they're a fucking joke, you know? Like, so just added into it as yeah. a rapper, trying to make it into that game, coming from the South, knowing that outcasts can't even get fucking love and shit. Not to imply that, like, anything, but they're part of the same squad. So they're obviously seeing what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has to be, like, kind of weighing on their mind as well. Like, even the music thing doesn't even seem to be a real escape, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, the next one, I don't know, did you give a grade? Yep, 4.75. That's right. Uh, the next one is thought process. I mean, it must be said that Organized Noise does quite an excellent job on this project. I think they do most of the beats, if mm-hmm. not all of them. I'm like, and it really is just the like best organized noise. I'm like the way <laughs> this beat. Like I don't often notice like an intoxicating beat, kind of like this song is. Like it really just after following that like dark intro, it's just like it sucks you into this little groove. Like it's all mm-hmm. of a sudden like you're sitting there like that was heavy, and then you're like, wait, why is my head moving? I can't even <laughs> stop it. And so it starts off like that, but what did you think about this one so I don't spend the whole time talking? Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Very cool, slow, kind of interesting beat. Um, they're kind of repping Atlanta. Um, Timo, they all kind of like get their like part to talk on this one. Um, so Timo is kind of feeling bad for his like involvement in the street life and realizing that he contributed to um, you know the ghetto world and to you know the streets and the violence and the drugs and you know people becoming addicted like things that were his fault and that's something that's really interesting. We don't really I, I, as far as I can remember, I don't remember hearing about uh, that's not you, Killer Mike. Um, of drug dealers who feel like remorse for like when they think about the people that they got addicted. Um, so I think that that's kind of interesting. Um, and I really liked Cujo's verse. Kind of you'll as as I got to know and as you'll get to know. Um, I I really like Cujo. He thought he was really cool. Um, I really like how he sounds. He's hard. Um, and I really like how like there was like a. Like, after every line, line, like, there was, like, that something, something. Like, there was that kind of extra, like, echo that was going on. And it, it really, like, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I liked it. Um, and CeeLo is broke, and he's talking about that he, he at least he he likes being broke because at least people are, are honest Gosh, and real with him. That shit hit me. And it's true. I mean, it's just like, you know, you always hear about, you know, people becoming rich and famous and you don't know who to trust around you anymore. But these guys are like, we don't have to worry about that because we're so poor. And we know that the people are, you know, aren't coming after us because of our money. That's for sure. You know, like that's kind of like what, you know, he's saying. Um, so people are still honest to you when you're poor. So that's one way to think about it. Um... And I think, I, I don't know if this was, like, the start of his career. I don't know, like, when CeeLo started or how he start, he started. He seems to have been, like, very involved in lots of different things. But I don't know if, like, the Goody Mob was, like, his very first, you know, Pretty public sure. thing. Maybe it was because he's young. <clears throat> he's very young in the video. Um, yeah, and, it's basically Goody Mob. Yeah. And then we also have on this uh, song. You did skip Big Gip, and I believe he was talking about the popo. Yeah, big, I could be wrong. Big Gip, uh, he doesn't really do it for me. What can I say? What? Uh, <laughs> you can talk about him. Um, 
And, oh yeah, and uh, Andre 3000 is on this song as well. We forgot to mention that he's featured here. Um, and I think that that's not, really I, okay, cool. Okay, hold on. So on Spotify, when you look at this list, and again, this isn't necessarily the same pressing of the album. Mm. It's literally Buddy uploads it and puts the features. But for some reason, Andre's not listed as a feature here. So for me, it was like, is that Andre? And I had to like go back and like double check it. But Big oh, yeah, Boy, Big Boy's featured directly on Dirty South. Anyway, throwing that out there. <laughs> why does that shit happen? Be consistent, motherfuckers. Yep, weird. Um, and something that he's thinking about is the fact that he regrets having um, like condoned or like encouraged maybe like an abortion. Um, and so I think that that's like something that's interesting to talk about. And, I, you know, it's always... Like, it is one of those rare topics that's talked about, and I think it's interesting when it is. Um, and I thought that, you know, the whole sound was very unique, um, and, it, and, like, his verse has, like, a like a clap-along part to it, and then he's basically singing with, like, you know, there's no music. He's just kind of singing freestyle, it's like and that, it's yeah. cool, it's like that, and yeah. it's just, like, fun, and it just kind of breaks off, and they just do whatever, and it just feels like... Like just, in the moment. But it just like literally that happens right after he's going. Do not think I'd be the one to give in to abortion. Label me murderer because my ass is scorching hot from the Glock that sits under my seat. That's that is real fucked up that my folks come to get me. It's just the irony of the situation that your parents are coming to get you after you killed the thing that prevented you from becoming a parent. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, yeah. And then he does the snappy shit. Yeah. Like, like in their world, this shit's such a regular. That you just kind of have to break into like a little dance or whatever mm-hmm. to like fucking cope with the situation. And I thought just the way he, they ended it like that was really artful. Like, I got to say from like um, albums that really catch me in the feels and really like I had a lot of trouble with this one. Like, I haven't had a lot of trouble with many albums, but like this is a heavy fucking really emotional album. Yeah. And. Maybe it's just because I'm not in the most depressed place in life right now. But, man, I felt like every time I listened to it, the weight of their voices. And it starts here. Like, it's not it's not even what they're saying, yeah. I think, that really hits me. So in this review, it was almost like I had so much trouble focusing on the words they were saying because I could just feel all this pain and powerful emotion in their voice. And they're contrasting voices, right? Like, they don't. All four of them sound like pretty distinct. Like if you were to ask me which one Timo Cujo are, I'd have a bit of trouble. Oh, I can tell you who Cujo is, no problem. I don't remember which one's I super, feel like T- is Cujo super deep voice or is yeah. that yeah, Cujo, okay, then Timo's aggressive, not super deep. Big Gibbs like kind of calmer, yeah, normaler, like almost He's, like he doesn't almost stand like, out enough. <laughs> like Big Gib, Gib reminds me a little bit of, like your uncle who's trying to like give you like some lessons and shit, or like your cousin or something like that. And then CeeLo is like the sweetest wannabe happiest. Like I, I just believe in the faith of everything, but I'm so sad, mm. guy. Yeah. And I feel like that's a good way. That's how I kind of categorize their voices. Yeah, but, that's true. And it's a good mix. It's really interesting to kind of have like the whole picture. Like, it's almost like on every song, you get this, like, hyper-aggressive, kind of controlled aggressive, kind of calmer, wiser, kind of hopeful tone on every single song that each of the four appear on. And I thought that was super cool. I mean, as far as the verses go, I think they all rap really, really fucking well. Like, I mean, you got, like, Timo saying shit like... Uh, let me chop at the slumber from the underground to hanging around the A-Town looking for a come up working from 9 to 5 just to get some change so Timo can stay alive not greedy or living lavish but you can bet that when I do nobody from my crew will I forget so 
right off the jump it's like he's doing what he's got to do to get some money he's not successful and i appreciate that humility i mean i think the most standout thing is how often you have rappers rapping about being broke like for real just i'm still broke i'm not making money i am in fact doing really shittily even though i should be doing better yeah and maybe that's the power of what this album is is there's this honesty that transcends well, yeah. like i don't know like if it was like everybody but it definitely seemed like su- i mean from like the few like southern rappers you know albums that we've done like they all kind of seem to be saying the same thing like we're making music but we're still broke as fuck like <laughs> like like and it's just as we come to see the the label it's almost like a lot of the other dudes were just as broke but weren't allowed to like rap about being broke so they had to i mean there's like, eminem the and he, he definitely sang that, about that's, being that's broke. later on though yeah. that's like 2000s i don't think no no like the early stuff like 99 the mid 90s it was the same time 90s, as this late 90s mm-hmm. and it's it's a little they, bit they paved the way for eminem to do that for sure maybe i mean but like i mean I don't really know that in 96. Eminem was making Infinite, that really fucking hippy poppy album, right? So it wasn't quite there. He was trying to make radio-friendly shit. And yes, okay, he does rap, has like a rock bottom or mm-hmm. two, but really, it's not like this. Like, okay, rock bottom is like this, but that's it. <laughs> that's the only one. Everything else is like flared up, fucking pushing the social edges. But you don't yeah, get- yeah, obviously when he got to... Anyways, whatever. Yeah, so, like, I mean, you just get this power. But most importantly is that he also dreams of success for his squad, not just himself. And I thought that was really, really fucking cool. And in general, it's, like, they're honest about shit, like, how the system's fucked up. How Like, it's yeah. almost like a lot of the shit we've learned about over the last couple of years being put in the bluntest, most I'm fucking desperate form I've seen. Mm-hmm. And then I love how it bounces off at the end of his verse, so how you feel, and Cujo comes in frustrated, irritated. Sometimes I don't know myself. I be too numb to feel something, so I dig deep. Get him Love a Cherokee. It. Let my mind fly free into the wilderness so I can get the shit off my mind. That's why I be smoking the dank. And it's just that that awful. It's like, I can't handle life. It's too fucking complicated. It's too fucking real. So I got to get in my car, let up my blunt, and escape. And I need that weed, because without that weed, I cannot proceed to do the shit I need to do, like fucking record my music and whatnot, because otherwise I'm fucked. And life just, just... And then again, this trap feeling. And he also says, like... Uh, but I can get on my bed, lay on my back, and meditate away. In the seat in the four walls, it's like self-therapy. Got nothing to do but write about my L-I-F-E. Put it on paper, man. So what you feeling like? And I think that's what's beautiful about this. I don't know. This might be a longer review. But I do feel as the songs go on, I have less to say. Um, but, like, right off, the, it, 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 you're just sitting here and you're feeling like these are guys actually taking the time to tell you honest emotion in a sense where I don't feel mm-hmm. we get that level of vulnerability. Like, people want to talk about how Kanye put himself out as being vulnerable later on. Nah, this is vulnerable. Kanye learned that shit from them, if anything. That would be something I would say. Because I, again, like, it's like, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of getting distracted there, but <laughs> Big Gip kind of falls in, uh, comes in, kind of pointing in a little bit. Like I said, uh, I took it like police kind of tr- tracking them. Like my head felt swelled, messed up, couldn't see past my mouth. What route did you take, man? Got me by the loose of my pants, got me on the curb, letting the traffic pass me by, no questions. I said nothing. Looking for the mutant to be bucking the line. Nah, man, Gip, showed him my shit, closed my mouth, and I dipped. And then he kind of just points out how it's like they're always being watched, they're always being, you know, taken on. I'm like, what? Probably just because he's black in a nice car, you know? CeeLo's mm-hmm. broke and appreciates it. And it's just right off the jump. Sometimes I don't even know how I'm going to eat. About $20 away from being on the street. Shit, you might see it on TV, but hell, it's almost like I'm rapping for free. 
And I think that's, again, important, just, like, to put that kind of messages in it. So it's like, yo, the crime side doesn't work. The legit side doesn't work. Nothing fucking works. And then Andres just comes in there and kind of points out how he had that abortion and how fucked up it is. And, yo, as far as the song goes, this one runs through everyone's thought processes and everyone's different take, all the different things they care about. Yo, it fucked me up. It's a 4.75 on 5. I'm not sure if it's a five on five because sonically it's not like this is not my favorite sound. Just the whole album and the sound it is. But you got to keep in mind that in spite of not being my favorite sound by any means, I still think this is one of the most incredible things I've really come across, especially from like the reviewer point of view. This is exciting. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I also gave it a 4.75. I mean, it's definitely, like, it's a tight song. It's, like, well-produced. It just it flows really well. It's, like, their honest, true struggles and, you know, what they're going through um, and that, you know, their lives might may not be glamorous and it may not be easy, but they're going to keep going no matter what. Like, this kind of was, like, their, like, life's a bitch, but, you know, kind of song. Like, it's the same sort of thing, same sort of time. Like, this is obviously, like, something that was happening you know, the South isn't that far from New York, so... No, but, like, even just you know, between... It, it's, it's similar, I'm sure, in terms of, like, but, ghettos and, like, the struggles and the drugs even, and everything that was happening Even if you just compare against, like, the Outkast album to this one, mm-hmm. like, just the emotional tone is completely different. This is depressed. Well, theirs wasn't that theirs was kind of either mor- sometimes. But theirs was, like, a morose, I'm sad... This is, I want to fucking, like, kill myself level sad. I'm not trying to imply that. But I, I don't know about that. I definitely feel that this one like, is sadder than uh, AT Aliens. Yeah, maybe. It may, it may be sadder, but I don't think it's, like, suicide-type music. I don't mean it in the sense of, like, they want to kill themselves. I mean it in the sense of it's so heavy that they're looking for ways to avoid killing themselves. Whereas I didn't get that desperation off the Outcast album. Mm-hmm. Outcast like, was more like, like their... I want to be heard. This one feels a little bit more like I need a reason to fight. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like Maybe they're I'm they're wrong. making this music for a reason. Like they really just need to express themselves and get the story told and get it out there to the public. And but again, I think that's part of it too. Part of it is to be that soul food because they recognize everyone else is feeling this shit. And they need you to know that you're not alone and whatnot, which mm-hmm. I think is an important part of this whole album. And that's why it's so honest and everything. All right. Anyway. Let's move on to Red Dog. Yeah. So somebody, it sounds kind of like they do a little fake drug deal and then they bust him a door and let you know the Red Dog's coming. Everybody's got to get down. And um, on Genius, it says the Red Dog were an anti-drug police department running in Atlanta. Their name standing for Run Every Drug Dealer Out of Georgia. The song, hmm. anyway. So they're about to break into drugs and they break into the house because they suspect somebody has drugs. And it's kind of a little intro to set us up for the next track. Dirty South. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I gave this 4.1. It, it adds context and it has a purpose. But if it also didn't exist, I'd be 100% okay with it. Yeah. I gave it a 4. I mean, it was okay whether it was there or not. Yeah. But again, it does its job really well. It's like 24 seconds, I think. It's super short. Yeah, it does its job well to set you up for the Dirty South. Yo, I learned what a lemon head delight was on this song. So that's when you take the little lemon candy and you suck that shit so that it turns white. You suck off all the little yellow shit, make it white, crush that motherfucker up and pretend it's powder and sell that to kids. It seems to be the equivalent of selling oregano. 
because <laughs> oregano looks like marijuana to some. Um, anyway, it's true. I guess, yeah. I mean, I like the chorus, though. The chorus kicks in, and it's like one to the two to the three to the four. Them dirty red dogs don't hit the door, which right after hearing that, like, intro, you're like, okay, yeah. I like it a little bit more now. And they got everybody on their hands and knees. They ain't going to leave till they find them keys. And that's just, like, you just picture a scenario where, like, you know, maybe in, like, some areas the cops will look for a while and, like, dip out because they're give up or whatever, and you hid your shit well enough. You just get the impression these guys are fucking ruthless that if it takes 18 hours to break your fucking house in half, they'll find the drugs. Straight up. Like, it's dirty. It's raw. You know, like, that's what you get off the front. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Cool Breeze, uh, who I believe is a dungeon member, dungeon family dude, who's in the crew starts spitting kind of a little bit about how fucked up and corrupt the government is there if you kind of consider what he's talking about like how if you fuck over the government they'll send anybody at you even if they're committing the same kind of crimes so i took a little bit from that and then points out how in the south you learn this little drug dealing trick big boy goes in on pimping that's what he does he wants to uh put some love off in your jaw i can't say that it's my favorite big boy verse but it, it does its job, breaks out the pimping game. I love the chorus. Um, see, powder gets you hyper. That's cocaine, folks. Mm -hmm. Reefer makes you calm. See, because weed is not like cocaine. It calms you. Okay, I don't have to do this. So let's give you cancer. <laughs> Woo Woo's is, from what I can tell, blunts laced with angel dust. So it's the PCP shit that would make a uh, method mouth fucked up on Takao. What you know about the dirty South, you know, they just kind of let you know. People get fucked up and shit happens. I mean, yeah, in the the second, the Cool Breeze comes back and spits a verse where it's almost like we're really hard. We are not like New York. And we will jack those motherfuckers if they try to fuck around with us. And they basically robs the New York guys. We know that because. So when they pull it up, bump and rot the bells, we took what we want and left them quiet as hell, you know, because. People just kind of took them and took advantage. So, no, no, they aren't them country bumpkins, you know. Mm -hmm. And then big... And to be fair, I mean, country people are way more, like, aggressive and rowdy than you, city kids. Like, it, it takes a certain... <laughs> I grew up in the country, so I can say that. Like, they're, like, they'll do some crazy shit. Like, the whole maple syrup heist of Canada. Well, we didn't... Well... That was country folk. Okay, Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. Maple syrup at a gram level sells at a higher volume value than cocaine is what we learned when we learned about the maple syrup heist. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and then, yeah, I feel like Big Gip just kind of shouts out some stuff. And I had a bit of trouble following it because it seemed like really like I'm, I'm shouting out local shit the whole way through the verse. Kind of like this is the South. And the other, th the other two kind of make it like we are scary and fucking ruthless. And then that hook is super fucking catchy. Like, I thought it was super catchy. But, like, I felt a little bit underwhelmed by this song, All Things Considered. Mm -hmm. Mostly because it comes in and it paints its picture really well. But then, like, maybe it's just because the two songs that are around it. And that might be, it's 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 kind of hard. Like, thought process and cell therapy, damn, that's like some stiff fucking competition if you're a song. And, like, I don't know. I left this at a 4.25. The beat's cool. The overall vibe is nice. But on this album, this might have been one of the ones that stuck with me the least considering all the other shit on the project. So I'm okay with it. It's not like I would ever skip it or anything like that. If it came on, it's a dope song. Yeah. But it just doesn't hit me in the feels the way so many other ones on this project did. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's they're talking about drugs and you know drug dealing and you know on the street and that kind of life and hoes and pimping and murder and theft. It's really just like a lot of like bad things that they're involved with and they're all kind of like well this is what's going on like this is what we'll do if you like come to like our hood it's sort of like you know they're trying to prove how badass they are um and they're naming like areas of the city and like you know just shouting out like their like their their hoods and whatever um and they also talk about crack so i mean it is interesting because I don't know. I think when you think of crack, you think of, like, at least for me, like, where it, like, hit hardest would be, like, Chicago, New York, um, California, like, that kind of area. But, like, you don't really necessarily think about the South. And, like, I think I think it, it has definitely, you know, you know, hit the South. Um, and, you know, just, I mean, it goes everywhere, right? Um, so I thought that was like interesting to hear about as well. And, you know, I think that they're just saying like we've got just as many problems as every other ghetto in or, you know, in the States. And I think that they're just kind of saying like these are our problems and they're just like your problems. And, you know, I think they're also just saying that to be like, hey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a cool sound. It's just about life in the dirty south. It didn't like necessarily blow my mind or anything, but it was a good song. I gave it a 4.25. All right. Next one was a real banger. A real banger. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that cell therapy. So you gotta understand, I come to the genius page, and it says verified commentary by Lil <laughs> Wayne. I didn't actually know this at first. So, on Genius, when the person who annotates is verified, it's green. Yeah. So you didn't know that. I mean, I did know that. I didn't oh. realize it was Lil Wayne at first. Okay. I ruined my own story here. But then <laughs> I, who's that peeking in my window? Pow, nobody now. I mean, we can all agree that is the clearest fucking lyric ever. Somebody's peeking through your window. You're anxious and paranoid. You pop the motherfucker. There's nobody peeking through your window now. Mm-hmm. It's done eerily and creepy. It might be one of the nicest choruses. I, have, I mean, nice in the sense of dope as fuck choruses I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. I think that's thanks to organized noise, too. Let's see what Mr. Carter has to say about this. <laughs> Pow. Meant prisoners of war. Everybody thought they meant pow, like a gunshot, but they actually meant prisoners of war. Who's that peeping through my window? Prison of prisoners of war. Nobody now. Lil Wayne. There you have it, folks. Lil Wayne has fucking spoken. Then you watch the video. That's right, super old school. Watch the video, <laughs> and you're seeing these bombs and shit going off in those moments, yeah. and I'm like, pretty sure it's more of a pow than a prisoner of war well i mean i suppose i don't know i don't really know i was I trying mean, i was trying to think of some sort of justification but i don't really think i mean i can't think of it i think in the if you're really thinking about this song and what it's trying to imply that you're trapped in this system where everything's fucked up and crazy and like a lot of paranoia against the government and shit mm-hmm. maybe you feel like a prisoner of war and it's maybe like the war on drugs maybe or at the, the war time? on every like just look it's just i is Wayne right, guys? I'm going to leave that up to you. Did Lil Wayne crack the code on this song and I'm just a fucking moron for thinking it was pow like a gun the whole time? I mean, Wayne Maybe is... it's both. Maybe it's just both. However, there is something else I wanted to point out just because it was fucking weird timing. So see, uh, so it starts off with Cujo. When the scene unfolds, young girls, 13 years old, expose themselves to any Tom, Dick, and Hank. Got more stretch marks than these hoes. Hold in, they got rank. I'm like, fuck, eh? Right after jump in your world, little girls and shit gotta be doing some fucked up crap. That's that's bad. It's not nice. But then he says, see, Sega ain't in this new world order. Them experimenting in Atlanta, Georgia. 
And Atlanta, Georgia has the CDC. And that's uh, the, the, the disease people. And then very recently, I was watching Joe Rogan Experience and Alex fucking Jones. And Alex Jones was talking about the Tuscany experiments where... Fuck, you really, did you guys really expect me to bring up Alex Jones? Neither did I, but apparently it was relevant. So Alex Jones starts talking about how the Tuscany, I think it is, experiments were basically, they did the shit with syphilis, where a bunch of black dudes in his college, they got syphilis, and they told them they would give them drugs to cure it, and they lied. And they just let these guys keep living with syphilis so that they could experiment on what happened and the cdc knew about this and let it go so like there's probably multiple examples of that shit but alex jones bring it up i google that shit and boom here we are getting references to that type of shit going on in this very song and i'm like they did some weird shit like with like black people i mean as 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 we've come to like listen to different types of things like it just sometimes the things that you hear the way that they were taking it taking advantage of you're just like what the fuck like the people who were like uh like the women if they went in to get an abortion like they would be um uh, you can't have kids anymore what is it called um castrated not not castrated not for women um the female castration <laughs> like yeah like they they did something where they would just like uh, like stop you from getting pregnant, like things like that. Like it was just like weird stuff that like so it's this like crazy. When you hear people being like, "There's a war against black people and shit," like to the point where the government has done so many things to make it impossible. Sterilized. That, that was the word I was looking for. For black people to reproduce, like, yo, man, our history is kind of fucked up, and it's super sad that we're in a process of rewriting history just to be effective i know y'all like to call it black history i like to call it history history and white people should just fucking catch up and learn that shit just to throw it out there my views on that we should just that's real history yeah that's that's a better word for it in my opinion um but yo like the whole verse is loaded with shit like do search and seize ain't knocking or asking like that's a real thing where they can like basically search you and steal your shit in the states I don't know if they can do it in Canada, but I know that there are circumstances well, where a cop I don't can... know if they can do it. Like, no, 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 that's this like, is like what they're allowed to do and what, what they do it? do. No, no, no. There's like a, a search and seize type thing where they can actually just steal your shit for... I don't know the nuances of it, but like mm. it's an actual thing. Okay. No asking questions. They can just rob you. Like they're coming for like me, poor white trash. Like they tricks like her back in slavery. Concentration camps laced with gas pipelines. Infernos outdoors like they had back when Adolf Hitler was living in 1945. I mean, the mono, he's comparing... The current situations to this is how fucking bad it is. In the future, look it up. Where they say it in the Constitution that in the event of a race where places like Operation Heartbreak Hotel, moments tear until airtight vents sealed off despair. I mean, I think Operation Heartbreak Hotel was something about entrapment or they did something. I don't really understand it. I Googled it quickly. But, like, the fact is, is, like, they're dropping a whole bunch of real shit on you. I'm being like, yo, why do you think I don't fucking trust the government? Why do you think I'm fucking paranoid? And then that chorus kicks in and it's just fucking creepy. And then CeeLo kind of comes in and he comments on gated communities and how, yo, I mean, you guys make it sound like a certain way, but what what's the real point, you know, to it all? You call it drug-free, but I see the dealers there. You all lie. And then, uh, but every now and then I wonder if the gate was put up to keep crime out or keep our ass in you know and you gotta and if you look at it maybe it's not a gate in a literal sense because there are gated communities but yo there are definite parts of every city where there's like a informal gate of where the hood starts and where the white people stop going you know we'll Mm -hmm. put it like that and so 
why was this shit segmented off? And let's be real, city urban development in the sense of who lives where and gentrification and all this is like 40, 50 year processes, okay? Like so everything is is designed, right? It's planned it's, like that. I don't know. And then Timo kind of comments a bit on weed and kind of just how fucked up it is. And he, do, he doesn't want you to smoke like him, but he also doesn't feel right telling you, like, not to do it. But I really like when he, he kind of goes, I recognize as a king, you know, who am I to tell you to stop smoking? Like, in himself, he understands that this is like he gets it is what I took from this. So it's not really his place to tell you what's up, but it's almost like he just wants you to kind of rise up within yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and ain't 16 years old, this shit has got to stop. Let's take a walk through detox. I want out of this hole. I'm, I'm in a cell under attack. Look up, folks. Day in the hood. Got an eye on every move. I make open your face to info you ain't know because it's kept low. How the new world plan to reach the planet without a black man. And you know what? If you had said, Holden, there maybe is a conspiracy to keep the black man down. Even three years ago, y'all would have hated me for my answers. For real. Y'all would have thought I was an ignorant ass fucker. Now I'm like, yo. Maybe there's a serious point here that there are so many angles upon which the black community is under attack that it's like, fuck, man. Yo, from a metrics point of view, something I've been really thinking about because, you know, the news likes to talk about how we don't track shit. Well, why don't we do a rap analysis? We take all the lyrics on Genius and we take all the albums and we do a metric analysis by year and city and see how often these topics come up. Because, yo, that many rappers can't be wrong one two whatever the mainstream shows you Mm -hmm. sure but what about all of them we just look at all of it and some scientist does a fucking metric analysis of hip-hop to look for traces of abuse and shit and you know what we kind of see there's always a situation like this on every album how could every rapper be lying and wrong i don't know man i fucking hate when white people talk some shit like it's racism isn't real fuck that (laughs) shit yep (sighs) anyway yeah, Big Gip comes in, and I don't even know what his verse is about. It's fucking good. <laughs> it just ends. And then it's a really powerful song. Um, sorry if I kind of lost my train of thought on that. You get the gist of it. Like, there's a clear, like, they're pointing out there's a clear conspiracy against us. And here's why. So yeah. you can't blame us when we live paranoid. And I, I love this song. The beat, the. It's just creepy. It's eerie. It gets under your skin, but it's so well put together. And. You see what I mean? Like, yep. between cell therapy and thought process, Dirty South never stood a chance in terms <laughs> of what I'm into in music. However, Dirty South is maybe a little bit more of a grimy, I want to ride in my car type song. Yes. Sure. Anyway, five on five. This shit's a banger. This shit is a classic, timeless. It will go down in history as one of the greatest rap songs ever. Banger, in my opinion. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely um, it definitely sounds really cool. It has a very unique sound. And there's also like this kind of moving sound. Like, I don't know what it is that's, that that noise is. But like with headphones on, it kind of like goes back and forth. And I like that. I always enjoy like when they like mess with the sound and where it's coming from a little bit. Um, you know, a little bit different. Um, so they're talking about kind of like these young girls that are who are, who are working on the streets um, and just kind of like saying like that this is kind of terrible, I guess, and calling it out. Um, I also wanted to say there was like uh, Louis Armstrong was like mixed into it um, a few times as well. And I love Louis Armstrong. And uh, yeah, I thought that, that was um, pretty cool um, and like relevant. He's a southern southern guy. 
Um, and like the cops and like the government or whoever is like always like watching you and like knows what you're up to. Um, and then, like as you said, see those things about the gated community situation. Um, and yeah, I mean, they each kind of tell like a story about kind of what's going on, what they're saying. And like kind of like the message at the end or that I take away from it is just like use your head. Uh, think for yourself. Don't just listen to what everybody else is doing and, you know, what, what's around you. But like question things question why things are happening question you know everything and just like keep learning and keep bettering yourself and um i thought it was cool so what we can say is to all of our making fun of mr carter lil wayne did try to use his cell therapy to redefine this song in a new meaning mm -hmm. so let's give mr wayne his props for living up to what <laughs> the goody mob wanted yep um, yeah i gave this a 4.4 .4. i mean i i liked it i think it, it was a cool song all right why don't we talk about Sesame Street. Yes. I'm pretty sure that we're not getting no big birds. There might just nope. be some bullets flying hmm. on this one. Maybe. What do you think about this song? Um, I mean, it's definitely not what you think it's going to be about. Um, I mean, Big Gip, he kind of starts off and, you know, he's kind of saying that, like, everybody holds grudges and everybody discriminates against them and, like, for what, you know, they've done or for what he's done um, and he can't get a job, nobody will hire him. Um, and then he, he kind of ends up, you know, he ends up in the, involved in the street life and, you know, with guns and, you know, people are, are sad and wanting to kill themselves and, like, this is their only option. You know, you go to school and you do everything maybe right and then this but you're just stuck in this place that's you know just there's, there's no getting out of it almost it just seems so difficult and you know and, and he's saying that like they grew up on this street called sesame street and but it's definitely not the nicest street in that in atlanta it's not uh it's not like the tv show at all um and then we go into timo and he kind of talks about like you know he I don't know. The only line that I thought was funny, he had no gun, just a stick. Um, and I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, do you want to say anything else? You seem like you're like... Man, I'm still thinking about fucking Big Gip. Like, <laughs> I feel like you missed the real heaviness in that verse. Some So, you know, yeah. you get the... Some leftists were... Spend my summers in country so I consider myself a jack. So I guess jail. I don't really know if that's what that means. But then some left this world by putting bullets in their head. Mm -hmm. But little Johnny across the street hung himself from his bunk bed. Had to go to court in the morning. Nothing hard about it. My little partner was just scared. How scared, Gip? That scared. Sesame Street. So when faced yep. with the prospect of going to jail, some people put fucking bullets in their head. This kid hung himself. But they would choose that over going to jail. Yeah. Yo, suicide like that is not something that gets talked about. Okay, that is some heavy shit. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to get that out. Nope, that's fine. Um, and then we have Cujo's verse. Um, and he's kind of like imagining he's in jail, I guess. Um, and he's he's just trying to like enjoy life while he's still out because he's kind of imagining that he's going to end up there and that, you know, things are going to take him down that road again or for the first time. I don't know. Um, so he's kind of like going through that and just like in, enjoying like the time that he has. Um, and CeeLo is just kind of happy that he's lived this long, that he's survived and he's still here. Um, and they're all just sort of thankful for war for having not killed himself, having not been killed, having, you know, everything else that they're, you know, that is like an, an honest, like, um, something to be scared, something to fear for your life, um, that happens in like these areas. Um, and they're saying like, even though like the, 
they grew up on this, you know, Sesame Street or whatever. Um, this is a very dangerous street that they're they're happy to be alive. And overall, the song is like really sad and like very hard, very difficult life. And they feel like they aren't accepted anywhere else. And but they don't want to be there. This is not the place for them. They just want to be somewhere better than this like hellhole that they're in. But they can't seem to like get a break. There's nothing every time. Every time that they try, they get knocked back down. And it's just a very difficult life. And I mean, it's a good song, but it's a sad song. I mean, I give this a four point three. I mean. I love the. I feel like the chorus does a really good job of putting the context of what they're trying to do here. Can you feel what I feel? Can you hear what I hear? Can you see what I see when my feet hit the street? So what mm-hmm. you know, what you know, what you know about Sesame Street, and it's just this like idea of like, I guess in a sense of trying to prove that things are not good. The goal of it is to be real and to paint these pictures of what's actually going on in their life, and I feel like whereas something like a Isham takes this really fantastical really like out there approach to the subject matter goody mob goes just as intense but with just reality here and it's really strong i mean i don't really see a lot more subject wise that was brought up timo's kind of commenting on guns and like how just people will kill each other over kind of anything um there's just shit like uh, up in the flame supporting girls up in the game out to get a piece of what the system has designed black folks to struggle for so I bust so much to deal with can't feel what's real from fake for my sake I stay close to home some crackers don't take and never give back to my hood in desperate need of change to this way so we arranged to fit me and, you know it's just like they're consistently lacing in themes of racism of control of fucked up systems of just how the black on black violence is almost programmed and institutionalized mm-hmm. And it's just the reality. And then Kujo again does his part, and it's really strong as well. I mean, like, to be the boss, you gladly pay it. An arm and a leg, I'd be lying if I said I ain't need no help. Can't do it by myself. Raining sesame, because it's only so much time left. In this crazy world, I've made some prison guards life with a hammer. So excuse my grammar. Behind these walls of Atlanta, federal pen. The jail on Fred Stock to sell blocks with more COs equipped with radios. Again, it's just painting this picture of, like, hard times. And each of them was able to kind of take it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. So that when you're left with the whole picture, you're just kind of stuck with this feeling of how fucked up it is whether it's suicide gun violence prison or just just being again Silo seems to be like the silver lining usually so like being grateful to be alive in spite of it all i don't know it was a really powerful song the chorus is dope i give it a four and a half on five it's totally like consistent like this album is going to be consistent this album is extremely but like in a way that isn't bad because it keeps it digs deep into the pain and I think that is an interesting thing we're not getting. Like, it is soul food because it's so real. And that's what soul food really is, right? Yeah. Real food. So that's what this music is. Real fucking music. In the sense of the subject matter being unapologetically blunt. Yeah, I liked it. Um, anyway, how do you feel about your mama? That's, ne- that's the next song. Because it's, it's the mama song. Guess who? Oh, that's why I'm like, what are you talking about? I just was asking about your mama first, because it was... Anyway, that failed. <laughs> All I can hear is CeeLo, and then a blur of voices, and then CeeLo just piercing above everyone else's voice on this, because, I mean, it's the four of them saying it together. But all you can really hear is CeeLo's piercing, high-pitched voice next to the other three's deeper voices. Yep. Damn, when you learn about sound, that totally makes sense. But anyway, 
God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. Yep. And that's pretty much it. It's 10 seconds. It's short and sweet. I think symbolically, it's a very interesting choice to almost remind everybody about the serenity prayer in the middle of this dark ass album where like you're covering some heavy ass shit and this must be something that they almost tell themselves that in light of this thing in in light of the environment they're in that you kind of have to remember that like let's be real every single person out there can benefit from this serenity prayer's wisdom that it gives you and it's just understanding what to get mad at or how to handle the situations or what to react to and whatnot so i mean in light of all the darkness that's being put here to have this little glimpse of something so godly like the serenity prayer is almost like a beacon of hope in the middle as you're trying to find your way out um i thought it was well placed and this might be one of the few times that i'm ever going to be given a little skit thing of five but damn in the middle of this album this is a beautiful little break Um, yeah, I mean, it is definitely, like, a good transition. It's, like, a nice kind of, like, pulling you out of that and, like, into, like, the next thing. Um, it makes me think of, like, AA. Like, that's the only thing I've ever, like, heard people, like, using this um, prayer for. Um, I, I, I'm sure it's in something else, I think. But it made me think of, like, betterment of, like, you know, your, your like, your issues and things are, like, still be- are behind you. But it's still, like, a challenging road ahead. And, like, you have to maintain and, like do what you can and like realize what you what you can control and what you can't and to like be able to let things go um and it it is like very like religious kind of it is a prayer um and i think that that's also like maybe a reflection of the south i know that the south is um quite religious as well um so yeah i gave it a four on five all right um the next one is called fighting so right off the jump there's a lyric that really really fucking stuck out to me as you can tell the song's about mothers but they couldn't tell the thing about (laughs) goody mob is they don't know the song it's about mothers the thing is is like even their song about moms like normally how does a rapper make a song about moms mom you were there for me i was such a shithead now i can buy you a house that's the mom song of like most rappers right Mm -hmm. like let's be real Always appreciating the mom, always loving it. But what? Ah, fuck. Um, damn it. It's like I got, uh, my mother had a skin condition that prevents me from eating. I know I can't, I'm not quoting it, but I'm running out of fucking time, you know. Anyway, so the idea of that line there uh, is that because she's fucking black, she's unable to get fucking food to put into, I believe it's Cujo's stomach. And the way he words it, it's just like, at first you're like what the fuck's he talking about what kind of a skin disease does this person have you know whatever and then you realize what the fuck that line actually means and maybe it's not maybe it's the second verse and i'm fucking wrong or maybe uh, no it's definitely kujo second verse is silo still and you're just like damn damn that's that's a poetic way to put that motherfucking concept because my single mother because i believe he mentions how his dad dips out and shit because my single mother is black i'm not gonna get to eat right or right now uh oh it slid down my esophagus with ease even though she have the skin disease that won't allow me to gain weight do my own eyes deceive me i was like fucked up when i clicked with that line man like i was just like that is some dark ass poetry but again that's like some mama appreciation shit like this is the fucking crap she had to put up with the real situation like as much as you appreciate like in general often moms are dope this is like guys saying my mom 
had to live through hell and I appreciate her for it because she always stood by me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the tone of this song because it's it's basically spit with the same kind of language and seriousness as the song we just listened to about killing and shit, only about mamas. And it's really powerful to me. Like, I mean, CeeLo comes in on the next verse. My mama, destination unknown, went out on her own. She was barely even growing and became my mama. I never knew my dad, so even when the times got bad, I was glad because I had my mama. For so long, she had to be strong. I know at certain times she was wrong, but she's still my mama. It still amazes me. The Lord had to help her raise me, judging from the way I used to be, etc. I, you know, just kind of like, it's such appreciation for it. Or the third verse, who was the first to hold you in some arms, the first to change your diaper when your stomach wasn't calm? Yo mama. With the drama brought you into this world from a world down under. I wonder now she know when I was lying, when I was telling the truth. With the proof, she would explain how I've been skipping school. With, you know, and it's just such a... Okay, here's the thing. I know I said I spit it like all the other shit, but it kind of still is kind of regular. It's just regular mama shit. But mm-hmm. when you're listening to them rap, it's like, and I'm fucking killing it with the darkest shit. My yep. mama took care of me. You know, like, it just kind of, that's what I meant, I guess, yeah. the tone of it. It's still, it's it's such a cool song about, like, loving your mom and, and appreciating your mother because she's going to be there for you. And, and that's what the song is. I mean, the beat's gloomy, <laughs> dark, as painful and, and, and but it fits, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're going to, if you're going to appreciate your mom and your mom, and this is the environment, I mean, it's, it's like, a, to me, it comes off more authentic. Like, it comes off like this isn't meant to be some, like, happy, lovey song. Like, it's, it's appreciation. It's like, I couldn't survive in this thing without my mama so it's part of your soul food intake so that real shit is you gotta remember your mom's took care of you and especially if we understand the metrics of single mothers in the hood yep and then all the other metrics that go along with the bad side of the disadvantages to life growing up like that and shit it just it's pain i don't know it's a lot anyway uh i felt like all things considered this song is really good but i gave it a 4.35 I I enjoy like thinking about the song more than I like it in terms of listening to it. Like it, I appreciate what they're doing, like the artistic yeah. value, but damn, is this a weird ass mama song? <laughs> yes, um, I I definitely agree with you. Like I can't imagine like most moms going and listening to this song. Like this doesn't sound like my mom would going to like you know put on a nice song about moms like i just can't really imagine her putting this song like maybe some mothers do but i mean it definitely is not like a happy or like aw kind of song um but it is nice it's still like a nice message mostly um so they're kind of just talking about like their poor and sometimes violent childhoods and just kind of talking about like their different experiences with their mothers and um Kujo's mother beat him up um so that's something that he talks about as well um and then in CeeLo's case which you can kind of like get from him um he could definitely tell he was like a bit of a mama's boy but um (laughs) CeeLo uh his mom was his friend and um you know he he loves her and he, he enjoyed hanging out with her um and then i think she 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 got into a car crash and she became paralyzed it was, mm. i think if i'm not mistaken he's talking about that um and like that's pretty hard and like how he's having to be there for her now 
um and uh, another mom i can't remember whose mom was they were talking about it there's just i don't know lots of moms um somebody else's mom paid their bail and got them out of jail and i thought that was kind of like funny and like something that you know i guess a good mom would do um and you know he's just kind of saying that their moms are like super important and they're there for them and like they can depend on them like that's maybe like one of the very few people in their lives that they can constantly depend on and who's going to be there for them and who will hopefully avoid getting like shot or killed or whatever and you know maybe it's like has grown up and has got kind of gotten out of that lifestyle if you know maybe that's something um clearly they're, they're tough women and um you know that they're they're unlike many of the fathers in this case because they're there and they're present and they're trying to be like a good parent um but it definitely is like a somber tone but i think it's also reflecting like the difficult life of being a mother in the hood and the sacrifice that you the sacrifices that you have to do in order to be a mother in the hood and you know it's not easy i'm sure it's not anybody's ideal life to raise a you know kids in in like a, a dangerous neighborhood but you know obviously like they're choosing to do this maybe for the betterment of something else or this is this is all that they can do and maybe their love is the best thing that they can give to you and that's that's it um so yeah it's definitely four on five i it's nice i liked it yeah well why don't we take a little break with the serenity prayer all right bonnie how do you feel about this track well um yeah there's there's quite a few uh, political messages in this one um and they're just kind of like judging like the choices that the government makes and um yeah i thought it was kind of interesting um I wasn't necessarily like a big fan of the hook on this one, um, but I do like how um, in the middle of like this song, it kind of stops for like a, a speech um, and just kind of saying like the system has uh, power over us and that they are they're trying to be peaceful and that you know that C- I think it's CeeLo that's go- kind of goes on and on. Yeah. Um, that uh, black people aren't naturally evil or violent, and he wants everybody to remember that. Um, and the end of this song is what I think is probably the best. Um, just like the way that it ends and just like the whole like speech that he gives. I think it really like hits home. It's godly. Um, there's something about that like noise in the background of like the whole song that made me think of Run the Jewels. Like there was something about that noise that they were using. If you can tell me if if, if you know what song I'm thinking of, let me know. Um, <laughs> and I thought it was just funny that like CeeLo did this like freestyle because he just didn't want to write um, the the verse he just was too lazy to actually sit down and write so he was just gonna like i'm just gonna like spit whatever um and i'll read it to you like kind of like the last part of it it was really i mean because i think it is really like worth kind of hearing um we ain't natural born killers we are a spiritual people god's chosen few think about the slave trade when they had boats with thousands of us on board and we still was praying to uh, praying praising the lord now you ready to die over a coat a necklace around your throat that's bullshit black people y'all better realize we losing you better goddamn fight and die if you got your spirit and mind back and we got to do it together Goody, a goody mob means the good die mostly over bullshit you take away one o, and it will let you know god is every man of blackness the lord has spoken through me and through the gmob 
So um, I thought it was really cool. Like I wasn't necessarily like a fan of like the whole song, but definitely like the ending really like, you know, sealed the deal for me. Um, yeah, it was definitely like powerful and it, there was like a really great message in what CeeLo was saying here. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, it was really interesting and good and honest and pure and he's just trying to like say his truth. Um, so I give this a 4.1 on 5. Yeah, I mean, it starts off with, like, the, it comes in with a full-on beat and everything. Timo starts off rapping. I mean, really what struck off to me from his verse was when he goes, Spine advertising, spine on Channel 2, when in the same breath, you telling me don't eat from that plate, increasing my blood. So it's kind of like, yo, this is, like, out there. You can, you should go ahead and these things are available. You're seeing advertisements, but at the same time, you're not given the opportunity to get it. It's kind of what I took from it. So it's fucking pissing them off. It's mm -hmm. frustrating. Um or maybe it's just the toxic ideas spread to the black community in general i don't know um if i can uh help cause the yeah if i can help the cause don't have to treat it with no tricks you said to me cancer on a stick visualize destruction soon to come thrown within the city we call atlantis praying like a madness every day and good in the woods of southwest i stress in my arms fighting for your spirit and your mind and i just i love the passion that they're trying to do and you know it's something we have seen on every song this desire to educate the people, teach them things, and explain their point of view, and it's really good. Um, Big Gip comes in and you know cover cover comments on a couple more things like which doctors giving more Medicaid, but ain't no aid. But these ain't the same from Nam. Didn't give a damn. Who only wanted Saddam? Now your hands numb. It's crazy how long it took them to get Saddam, eh? If you really think about it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, can't run old age before 30 you know just kind of like again setting up this context and then you know we got that chorus from joy i don't know how to actually say joy <laughs> seems like we're fighting for our spirit and mind they got us fighting for our spirit and mind and if you think about this war and like again there's some fucking crazy evidence out there that there is a war against black men like i found out recently that there is this common practice of like older black ladies that might fuck young black dudes for like room and board and shit like that and in the same context where if we were to really practically talk about it it would be some like child charges laid but like nobody talks about it like my facebook exploded with a bunch of women commenting on this um after the r kelly thing popped out so like just seeing how how much of an attack is done on certain communities just on levels things that never get reported things that just people pretend don't exist and shit all these things that people have to live with that nobody cares about you know it does seem like this fucking you have to fight for everything you know and then yeah Cujo kind of describes some more violence going on in the situation but really really all of that's kicking out and the raps are all really good and they really do kind of paint pictures of like the situation but it's hard to really focus on that because the beat just cuts and CeeLo spits his poem and it really just sounds like this epic spoken word experience describing 2019 America and that's what's crazy about it I think that's what's crazy about this whole album is that this album is so undated that it breaks your heart this is supposed to be dated music where we're thinking about it like that's the past but no it's just fucking describing today and that's what's crazy about it the whole the, is because you'll find a lot of the reason we blind is because the system is designed to keep our third eyes blind but not blind in the sense that our other two can't see you just end uh, investing quality time in places you don't even need to be 
I mean, it's again, like, you're blinded by being distracted by some shit. Like, there's document evidence that certain label executives only allow certain rappers to go ahead and be there. Like, currently, it's if you're telling kids to pop zannies. Then you're allowed to be a rapper. You know, like, shit like that. And it's just, overall, it's like a call to be smarter and understand the situation. You know, understand what's going on in the world. And... I'm not the mind that everybody needs to hear shit like this because again, you can't claim anything's new if CeeLo's dropping some shit that fucking could apply to today in back then. You know that's what I'm trying to say here. Anyway, yep. Yep. this I song agree. blew me away because after CeeLo's done, it stops and that chorus just kind of comes back in again, and the song just kind of still ends. Like it's really long, but you don't really notice that it's almost six minutes because of the power that's kind of laid into it and. I don't know if I could listen to this every day, but I think this is one of the strongest tracks on this album in terms of message, in terms of power, in terms of, again, everything. Um, I gave it a five on five. It's really, really cool. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> um, why don't we talk about blood? Okay. This little intro, I think I used somewhere else because when you click on the Genius page, it turns into a, a, whole, a whole song um, on blood. So it's just this little intro here. It's a shame when gonna realize we're the same. Helping the enemy win the game. If you're a player, use precision. Don't make a decision in haste. Blood is a terrible thing to waste. I think it really just follows up the last song pretty well. And it's gonna point out that we're yep. all the same people. And I mean, if you really wanna go crazy extending this, all of us are the same people here. And there's a giant plot to keep us divisive so that we at war with each other and we're not doing things like learning about each other's cultures to find out that people are fundamentally the same. Yep. Privilege aside, we're all at different scales getting fucked right now. I mean, if you look at the wage gain in Canada, Canada's fucked. Everyone acts like it's cool, but Canada's fucked in the future. I'm not trying to compare the hood to Canada. I'm trying to say <laughs> that in 2019, it feels like, to me, a lesson like what CeeLo's saying here is pretty fucking universal and we all need to hear it not just the people maybe CeeLo was intending to hear it in the first place. I think that's what's super powerful about a lot of this album is how much of it I find the spirit of it at least relatable to my own existence when I think about the tense times of today and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a powerful little follow-up. It's really nice. He does it twice, and then the beat kind of plays for a bit, and then it just kind of ends. But the beat plays, and it kind of gets eerie. It's not like a beautiful thing. It's like a haunting, like it's supposed to kind of hit you in a way like think about what CeeLo just said not oh it's nice you know what I mean yeah so I really like the little skit here I thought it was pretty cool it followed it up nice 4.5 yeah um I mean it's short there's um I enjoy I enjoyed the piano that was featured uh throughout it I like that I always since I was a kid I always enjoyed the piano music for some reason um so either he's just kind of saying like be careful with whose blood you're spilling um, and, you know, like, if you're taking away, like, I think he's kind of criticizing a little bit of, like, the black-on-black -black killing, and, like, you know, that's what's going on. Like, we're having a hard enough time as, it, as you know, just ourselves. Like, don't make it worse by killing each other. Like, I think that's kind of what he's saying. Um, and humans are just all blood, and we're just, like, these walking things of blood, I guess, and water. Um, and he's just saying, like, be wise, like, and we, we all kind of have the same, like, blood inside. It doesn't matter who you are or what you look like. It's all just red and runny. Um, so, but it is interesting. It is, like, a meaningful song. Um, so I gave it a four on five. I 
Why don't we move on then to live at the OMNI? So at first I'm like, what's OMNI? This is a confusing acronym I've never heard. I wonder what it's gonna be. And then you get about like 12 seconds into the song and you're like one million inside. And then I had to go, oh, jail. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yep. And yeah. I feel like you know that right away. <laughs> well, once you hear the, the thing, but yeah. And then the way this song starts, it, to me, it hits you a bit left field, right? So jail, you know, people are kind of frustrated. Let me tell you something real. Plenty sitting in jail just to eat a decent meal. But see the rest, they're running on instinct. And the way they treat me today, like that shit don't stink. So right off the jump, you got a bunch of people that life is so shitty in their mind that jail with three meals a day is actually a better choice. Yep. But then the rest is dealing with instincts and all the bullshit that kind of comes with their life. And, you know, I believe that that's kind of what the song really focuses on. Um, then there was a line that I had to talk about with y'all. And unfortunately, Genius isn't telling me who said what, and I'm not going to guess wrong. So one of them that's not CeeLo <laughs> goes, to put the devil straight to sleep, we sending his ass to the grave. Ain't no such thing as a 1995 slave. You brought that shit on yourself. I just want to ask if that is any different than what Kanye was just saying and uh, we all still slaves comment he just made. Because I believe the sentiment of what Kanye was trying to convey is exactly... I don't think he just said it. I mean, I think he said a few things about... I think. Well, Kanye's main comment was that 400 years of slavery, that's a choice. Yeah. That sounds like a choice to me. So as a 1995 slave, you brought that shit on yourself. I'm not trying to say that this is a truth. What I am trying to say is those two statements sound eerily similar in exactly the message they're trying to convey, which yeah. is that being a slave today is a mentality. That's what I believe Kanye was trying to say. And I believe that's what this dude's trying to say. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong, but I again, just like I wasn't expecting like to bring free up... Free yourself, like educate yourself and be freer, Yeah, I think. So, I mean, just like I wasn't expecting to bring up Alex Jones... I also wasn't expecting to bring up this Kanye moment. And so that's crazy shit, man. Carl, you want a hell of a request, Carl, here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I used to trust in my preacher, but nowadays my Mac 11 is my one and only teacher. Like Just right after that, it's fucking powerful. And, you know, the second verse flows in through. Oh, my nervous instinct is taking over. So it's like now we're kind of moving into that instinct thing I was being described earlier, which is making me move slower so I don't miss it. So I don't get too high when I had to trust you. You betrayed the crew, so I had to bust you. Want to come back and take you? Worry about the wrong thing. This paper ain't going to set you far. You know, and again, it's just story painting of how people can get to a situation where they end up getting clipped where they end up, that betrayal, that whatever that's going on in it. Mm -hmm. It just keeps flowing on through. Um, I I really liked, is still in the third verse, still dying and ain't no excuse. AIDS got it where it can't reproduce. Don't listen when you tell it like it is. Can't even get his own because you worry about his. And again, you see this toxicity of the situation. You got like, there is the theory that AIDS was basically invented to kill black kids in the hood. It was deliberately created with the one intent of taking out black people so when you have these kinds of wars put against a certain group of people how are you gonna fucking freak the fuck out you're not even focused on yourself everyone's just so jealous of everyone it creates a serious situation i don't know last verse um 
blue skies sweat and hot rain watching the floors uh fall as the game seeing one side of the federal building gone from the car came from the storm right uh, from, came to the storm right streets to Garnet filled the curb nowhere to go but Lovejoy can't exit off here got me trapped on your high concrete want me to speak took away Mosley and Maddox for the weekend kept me on your one way streets for the arrestee show no pity sage be under the city hidden eyes on poles light my path I don't know I just pictured this from that like being in jail and like kind of going there and like I, maybe I'm completely missing the point of this but you're just kind of pulling up to the jail and you just this imagery of losing your fucking freedom and shit man I, yeah. that's kind of what i got from that overall it's really powerful and and the fact that the hook of this song is just the metric that one million inside now if we take at that point there'd be about 300 million fucking people in the states i'm gonna add about the 30 million in the last little bit of time because i think it's about 350 now or whatever so say it's around 300 million and we know that 12 percent of america is fucking black that means 36 million people and uh that means that one out of 36 black men is in jail or is you know like that that's basically what this metric saying and i'm just yeah. kind of shooting math off my head i might be a little off but when you really break down how few black people are the fact that one million of them are in jail that's a high a high percentage of the population yeah one in 35 is not a metric that's a you wouldn't gamble on that shit with your life is what i'm trying to say if you had a one in 35 chance of dying you're probably not going to take that odd that's what i'm trying to say so it's fucked up to me anyway this is a really cool song for what it is in terms of message it's got a powerful feel to it i gave it a 4.75 because they just paint out the war that is going on in terms of jail um yeah so um i mean yeah i don't really have too much more to add you feel like you covered most of it um yeah i mean they they go to people go to jail because it's an easier choice sometimes because they don't have to struggle for looking for food to pay rent for things like that like they're just there um but i mean they have to pay other things i'm guessing like the you know lawyer fees but um i think that he's just kind of saying like they or one of them says that they've kind of lost faith in god and that's why he he has more faith in his gun because he sees more results from his gun than he sees for for praying for what he's doing um and again he talks about like black people killing black people and like that how that's such an issue and why are we doing this like question it like you know wondering why and then it just causes more people more of our own people to end up in jail and dead like it doesn't help anybody and he talks about aids and like how it's basically like an infesting or in you know just taking over like black people and how it's like such like a like pushed aside thing like nobody thinks about it um and it's just like a way to like kill them off and i i mean which is powerful as as well um i think maybe it also targeted i didn't see i would never have probably thought about the fact that like black people were targeted by this i always assumed it was um based off of everything i've ever heard that it was gay people that like became like the ones who were really prevalent in it and who maybe it was like a I don't know I don't know if it was like given to them or given to them or whatever um to like get rid of them or what happened but um it's definitely something that that's something to think about at least um and I like the drums on this one I'll say that much as well um it's definitely like a song just full of like sad facts and and just sort of like interesting questions and things to think about and just kind of it just kind of floats around in your head a little bit. So it definitely has, there's a lot going on. I gave it a 4.25. I thought it was pretty interesting. 
Alright, apparently the next one's about weed. Let's talk about the goodie bag. Genius says this is like their ode to weed. And I kind of get it from the hook. I think. Where it's like, on the acid at weed. Because in the swats, red hots don't drip or bleed. Put the fire on the acid at that weed. But I feel like it's more of a, I smoke weed because shit's fucked up ode to weed. I, like, I can't wrap my head around this one. Because you know me, is a Kujo, giving me a left-hand dap. I believe that's a dap. I might be wrong. <laughs> P-Funk be riding shotgun, escort. That makes sense, because when you're shotgun on that side, it's like the escort side. Your window broke out, son. A cool breeze got my lips chopped. Morning slap, sun Soul in my bread basket gap contained. X marks the spot, Twain. OC the cut lane. A slew of empty gas in my tank. A buck dirty looking ugly. Think about ain't gonna stop show. I'm like, what? What is he talking about? It's just like he's painting this picture of like something's happening. And I, for the life of me, I have no fucking idea what this is about. And then it just ends. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then Big Gibbs like, today was a good to me. I went to the Goodwill with the $10 bill. And I'm like, wait, wait. Dude just had a whole story and I have no <laughs> idea what happened. And Big Gibbs going shopping? Couldn't figure this shit out. Yep. Anyway, runs on through this verse. Um, what the fuck this politician did for you? Complain, complain, but Mr. Clampett ain't gonna change. Apparently, Clampett is like a white dude. Like, it's just a derogatory term. Ted Clampett, I believe, is someone. Let me look him up. No, I mean, like, according to Genius, Clampett comes up, uh, uh, a couple of times. Mr. Clampett refers to Bill Clampett, the disgraced... He's from the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Anyway, Clampett's just, I got the point, corrupt white politician is what I think. Um, I don't know. He's kind of doing some shit. See, I wonder will I walk the streets in 95 and make Bond from 254? I don't know what that means. Will somebody please turn the lights on at 166? I don't really know what that means. Um, I can't see where the fuck I'm going. I can't do shit but get mad. I can't keep the billionaire's uncle up my fucking goodie bag. Oh, somebody's jacking his weed. That shit I can't understand. Or his shit. Or his life. Um, Timo does his verse. Okay, I'm I'm still again without your up you up creek stank with an ass full of ore. Talking what I say for what it's worth, it don't matter because now I feel I might be triggered from thoughts I had in the past. Now I struggled to, so he's frustrated and shit. And then CeeLo apparently freestyled this like yeah. off the domed, and he just spit a whole bunch of dope shit again, kind of all over. But he does say, because we the maniacs with the chunky goody sacks, so I don't carry an axe, but I still swing low with the lumberjacks. That was actually fucking hype. whole verse is actually really fucking hype. Um, his flow's erratic. It's just off the top. He just fucking runs with it. Kind of, and it's just dope. CeeLo, he will never come weaker, uniquer than a lot of MCs out today. Look, there are a lot of dudes that we've covered that have said they were unique. Of all the people I've heard in hip-hop... Like, in terms of just distinction, CeeLo's up there. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's like Danny Brown level. Yeah, just know his fucking, like, like ODB level distinction. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you just hear, like, when Pac's voice, you just hear it. You just know it. Like, CeeLo's up there with just being a bit of a distinct rapper in terms Absolutely. of uniqueness. Yeah. I really appreciated that because even in the tone of this album, he stands out, you know. Anyway, he just rips it. Um, kills the verse. It's super fucking long, but it's super fucking dope. On the other hand, I don't think they say a lot in this song. Because no. I guess what it is. It's actually really hype and shit, and it's very enjoyable to listen to. And I feel like I'm not conveying to you the actual joy you have listening <laughs> to this song for how actual good it is. But you're more like going like, 
Whoa, CeeLo's rapping his fucking ass off. That's fucking fire. <laughs> it's more the feeling I have listening to this than, damn, that's some serious social commentary about racism yeah. and shit. Yes. So it's cool. It's a little bit of a breaksy poo in the middle of it. For my, I mean, granted, the other verses are still kind of tense and dark, but I don't know. Like You just heard me walk you through it. I was confused on this one. So I gave it a 4.5 because it's enjoyable <laughs> confusion. Another way to word that, organized noise. Yep. Oof. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I really, I have very little, like, to say about this song. Um, I mean, like, all of, like, the rest of it, I feel kind of very similar to you. I'm like, I don't really know what happened. It was nice to listen to, but something about Clinton and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then we have CeeLo, who, like, you know, like he said, like, he's got such a distinct voice, and he, like, immediately stands out. Um and I wasn't really sure about this one, but it's interesting. It's like a fast flow, and CeeLo saves this one a little bit. Um, and, you know, with his, like, freestyle, and I thought that was, like, really cool because it makes up for kind of, like, the first half of, like, the of, of the song, at least, I think, for me. So I gave it a four on five. Oh, and I also wanted to say um, I quickly looked up uh, some statistics um, about jail in Canada, and all I could find was that, because we don't necessarily have, like, um, well, we do have, like, you know, large populations of, like, different types of people, but um, this is a couple of years old, but um, similar kind of situation um, is that Aboriginal adults, um, they make up for 28% of the, the total jailed people in Canada, whereas they make up for a population of 3% of all of Canada. So I think that that's kind of interesting and um, that it's way more Aboriginal women uh, in our jails than there are men um, actually as well. So I thought that was some interesting facts because I couldn't find anything about um, jail and black people in Canada, <laughs> which is kind of random and weird. Or maybe it's a better situation up here, depending on if you're not in Toronto. Okay, here Toronto's pretty bad these days. Yeah. Um, or Mississauga. I'm, I'm, I'm confused about my Toronto geography. <laughs> I think it's just a suburb. Um, anyway, uh, are we ready to move on? Yeah, let's have some soul food. Man, this song does a couple of things. So they rap about the food they love. The soul food they love, that mm -hmm. real shit. Um, like Big Gips whole first verse is kind of like about like food a little bit or not the whole verse but got some soul food i'm blasting the cassette food for my brain i haven't stopped learning yet hot wings from mojo's got my forehead sweating i feel like i skipped some of the food shit anyway <laughs> when i was sick ma had the hot soup boiling didn't know it, but it felt so good like some waffles in that morning headed back to the woods now i'm full of stick i feel like what we're doing in this song is a couple of things one we're eating proper food southern food as timo puts out like i don't even know be, I, I didn't come for no beef, get it? He doesn't want to fight because I don't eat no steak. I got a plate full of soul food, chicken, rice, and gravy, not covered it up in too much, drinking a cup of Punch Tropical every last Thursday of the month. And then Cujo, same kind of thing, but maybe it's a little bit less foody, but kind of a little more like shit's not as okay. And then CeeLo seems to be going, yo, I take the hardships of my life as the soul food to nourish my soul is kind of what I'm taking from that first part of his thing, right? Like, uh, it's such a blessing when my eyes get to see the sunrise and begin. I'm ready to begin another chance to get further away from where I've been, but I'll never forget everything I went through. I appreciate this shit because I had I went and took the easy way, I wouldn't be this strong that I am today. And you know, like, just the idea of being able to find appreciation. <clears throat> 
May I just say this now? CeeLo is one funny looking dude. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a hater. I just didn't really know what he looked like back then. I kind of. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I know what he looks like now, and he's kind of goofy looking with his glasses. Like, and his, like I never shiny really suits. thought about it <clears throat> until I saw him without sunglasses on in these music videos. And damn, does CeeLo of like a funny looking dude, not in an insulting way, <laughs> but da- I bet like nobody who sees CeeLo really forgets him. Yeah, it's really good if you want to be a rapper, but damn. I had to put, because you see him in the videos and he's fucking hyper. And this is one where it's like he drops the burger on the floor and he looks like sneaky and like puts it there. Is it? Oh, yeah. It is CeeLo. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, anyway. Then um, I kind of liked how they just kind of, you know, approach this authenticity. So basically, if you keep your soul pure, you know, this this music in a sense is soul food for you. It's the idea of taking that real, that good shit, you know. And making sure that you ingest the right things, whether it's food, whether it's good people in your life. But then CeeLo comes back with another great verse. Mm. A heap of helping a fried chicken, macaroni and cheese and collard greens too big for my jeans. And you're just like, damn, that sounds fucking good. Like, I just want to go and eat there, please. But then he <laughs> scroll around a little bit. Uh, fast food got me feeling sick. Them crackers think they slick by trying to make this bullshit affordable. Fucking right, man. Yep. Why is fast? You think I got? Look, I grew up kind of poor. You think poor people get good food? No, you, of course you know you. The poor people don't get the best food, man. But we had fast food ass bullshit, frozen shit, and I grew but up. But that's also too because the, the fast food industry targets these poorer areas, and so therefore increasing the poor people even, even getting fatter either, and fatter because the they can only afford McDonald's or whatever. And the, like even like at the grocery store, it's hot dogs, it's processed bullshit, yeah. all sorts of crap, man. So like, just imagine if like. Healthy food was cheap. Like, imagine. Anyway, it's fucked up. Uh, do they have Whole Foods up in your neighborhood? I'm just curious. Well, we don't even have it. <clears throat> I don't think they're in Canada. Are they? <laughs> we have healthy vegetable options, though. And then I love how, <laughs> as Big Gibbs' second verse starts, the chorus like kicks in. He's like, hold up, see, it's what I write. And he just kind of like, cuts them off to kind of keep doing it. And he describes this, like, joyful situation where mama's not cooking. We all hitting up the city to go to the local place where all the dope-ass food's at. Yeah. And I like how in the video, they start off. It's right. We did watch the videos this time, Super Old School. And if I missed the video, well, I only saw two. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start off in, like, a McDonald's-y, like, fast food bullshit place. And they end up in, like, this more sit-down, proper, we go and make the food proper type situation. Yeah. Um, like, I just want to go and, like, eat at those, like, little, tiny little spot on the side I of the road that's, like, local, and it's just, like, this grandma shit. cooking yeah. in the back. I, I just, that's my dream. Oh, there's some really good <laughs> ones, actually, in the middle of NEG. Like, I, I, I'm a big... I've seen diners, drive-ins, and I'm not so into diners. What I'm really <laughs> into is, like, the Jamaican food places where you can go and get, like, a curry goat with mm. rice and plantain-type meal, and it's, like, you know that it's something. I really want to try oxtail. All my, like, Jamaican friends, they always talk about oxtail, and I'm like, what is this? I need to have some. We can get some oxtail. It's not even that far. I mean, it's kind of far. But we'll, we'll figure out the oxtail and keep you posted. <laughs> Hell, maybe if you're into it, we can eat it on camera. If we'll, you guys, we'll do a mukbang. We can do a mukbang <gasps> of so fucking, like, <laughs> Jamaican food. Anyway. Uh, I, I thought this was a great song. That beat is like smooth and funky, but in like the subtlest kind of upbeat kind of way. Mm. Similar to that first thought process beat that kind of like sucks yeah. you in. And I feel like at this point on the album, I've had the shit kicked out of my soul. 
so it was important to now get some like this is like a positive song mm. all things considered like as positive as this album is going to get and which is good because we're about to go into another like dark place darker place still four and a half on five this yeah. this is a good title song that i think does the album super big justice yeah i agree it's definitely like a super nice beat um very nice flows on this one i think uh, i was talking about Timo and Big Grip on that one, I believe. Um, and every everything that they lived through has only, like, fed their souls. I think that's also something that they're talking about, that they've lived this life, but it's made them who they are, um, and it's given them that soul food. And, you know, plus it's also, like, reference to some delicious, obviously, southern food. Um, and then he <laughs> kind of talked about food is more important than sex, and that's true. Um, you can live without sex, but you can't live without food. But can you... I, It'll be less enjoyable. I'm but asking hey. you, Lindell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yep. Uh, so I mean, there, he's kind of saying that like this fast food that's like available to us and is cheap and easy. It's it's not feeding your soul. It's not doing what's right for your body. And again, this is something that like, now that I'm I've noticed it. I am no, continuing to notice it. Especially, I mean, this is sort of like a, a southern trend. Maybe I think it obviously it's it's everywhere else. But it's something that we've definitely heard on like a few albums um, is like kind of like how. What is it? F- feed, eat, eat to feed your soul, or eat yeah. to the... You know, it's it's basically. I think a lot of people read that. Eat Elijah, to live. Eat to live. Yeah, something like that. The Elijah Muhammad book. Yeah. The, sorry, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I don't know if I'm supposed to put the Honorable before it, but just to be safe, I'm gonna do that. Mm. And that book about like food. You know what's crazy is that at the same time as like I'm learning about that through hip hop, I'm simultaneously learning about this through pop science, which is super. Like the Canadian Food Guide just got updated to kind of reflect what krs One's telling me to do in the yeah. gospel of hip-hop it's really interesting how all the farmers are not enjoying it but like it's crazy that hip-hop is teaching proper food science honestly like the right things to eat yeah even though your government's lying to you <laughs> like it's 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 really whack when you think about how this shit was vilified by the government yeah so that's why I think he's there, obviously, like promoting like home cooked meals oh. and being there with your family, having a sit down meal, getting to, you know, talk to, with your family, with your friends and enjoying it and share that that experience of sharing food. I think it is something that's Shit, that's, that's, a that, good that's point. like all over the world. Like you, you know, come into my house, I'll give you some food. I feel like that's like the, the most welcoming thing that you can do is like we're welcoming you. Come enjoy our food. Even on like a psychological front, <clears throat> allegedly taking a lady out for a dinner is your greatest success chance at getting in her pants because of the intimacy created through eating with somebody. Now, this is science. Like this isn't me like yeah. I don't really like dinner dates, but apparently that's a good way to do it. I had a question for you, Internet. Um. I believe it was the other music video, the the one for uh, Cell Therapy, got them banned off of MTV. And I wondered why and how that happened. And since I only saw a fun fact on Genius, I was hoping you could tell me, Internet, since <laughs> I don't have time to Google it now. Anyway, next track is... Wait, I didn't finish. Oh, no? You're not even done? No. Uh, anyways, I just wanted to say that they were thankful for, for being able to spread their message through music. Um, and I give this also a 4.5 on 5. I thought this one was um, nice and smooth, and I liked it, and it was definitely music to feed my soul. So let's go to a funeral now. So they're, like, at a funeral now, and it's just like you can picture them off in the corner just kind of talking, you know, to each other. Like, it's too much. I can't do this shit. Y'all must Well, you can home. hear in, like, the background, like, someone mourning and crying. It's the first time his name, Aleda. Y'all realized 
this man been a motherfucking box man like they're just kind of like hearing like it's almost like it's sinking in you know and then at the end it's like he got cell gip he got cellular runs oh man just you know what i'm saying ain't no telling man no i'm saying when i'm gonna be off in the motherfucking dirty know what i'm saying i don't know i don't know how they knew i don't know what they're gonna say when i'm gone hog i can feel that shit dirty i guess this is them i don't really understand this a hundred be real with you what i took from it is them kind of staring at this person in the box kind of picturing what happens when their time comes i might be wrong but that's kind of a picture yeah i think it's basically just sort of like a reminder that life's short and to do something good with your time on earth but i really like the nuance it brings to this project again like considering it serves a really good thing in between you know like you need that soul food all right you got a little replenishment let's get right back into the real shit and I mean, there's, like, at this point, three skits, three songs left on the album, and each of these skits kind of builds into the next song. So this does its job really well, and I give it a 4.5. Yep, same thing. It leads into the next song. Well, I give it to a 4.25. That's fair. The truth is, though, I didn't ask to come. Unless I'm mistaken, the song follows the same format, with each of the men spitting their grim reality over a gloomy beat. Mm -hmm. A well-produced gloomy beat that really has a funky groove to it. Yep. The, the... This one, to me, is like I was brought into this world, even though I didn't want to be here, per se. I didn't even ask to come. Yet, we're here in this fucking hellhole, you know? That's kind of what I took from it. Maybe I'm missing the point of the song, but it's got the same level of heaviness. Like, Timo starts us off. Every every day, somebody gets killed. Like, it's, it's not, like, pussyfooting around. It's just being blunt and to the point. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? It's 1995. I mean, we could really update that. What's the deal? It's 2019. And I uh, want to live the type of life that people dream. I want things, a crib, a car, while living the life of a king. Well, Timo, even all of us up in middle-class America are not getting that life no more. It's pretty fucking bad these days, in my opinion. And I'm saying if middle-class America feels bad, it makes me go, fuck, the hood must be suffering in some ways. That's what I feel when I say a statement like that. It's not meant to gloat or anything. Um, I don't know, man. Mama think I'm wrong because I want to get paid. The system ain't gave Timo a chance. 22 on the loose and black. Trying to get the noose a little slack around my neck. They trying to make it hard for a brother to cope. It's still illegal to smoke cess because they can't tax. Timo, if you came to Quebec, you'd find out that it's basically illegal to smoke and they are taxing it. <laughs> okay? It doesn't get better in the future, Timo. I'm ready to go up shit until they give me my freedom back. Big Gip comes through and does the same kind of thing in his verse. Um, it's just kind of dark, you know? And it, it falls on through. I apologize if I'm not going as deep. I feel like this one is getting a bit lengthy in terms of our, our podcasting here. And it's getting later into the night. But yeah, I feel like he just follows through. Like, he's down on some personal shit. He's sitting on the front line of the apple tree. And for those who don't got to take before the owner shows up at the back of the y'all police you call. And there wasn't a mall show there to watch your stuff. You know, just, again, grim darkness, shit that they've seen going on in the world around them. And it's just kind of serious, you know? Cujo, same kind of shit. And I feel like these three come in and lay down the heaviness, the darkness of what we're getting. And then CeeLo's a little bit of a voice of kind of possibility. Like, at the end of the verse, he's like, he's considering as the person lying in their coffin, but he flips it a bit, like... um, 
leaving here was probably the best gift he ever had. We should be glad. Maybe his life was something that he get that he had to give to show me that I need to be responsible how I live. I won't complain about my pain, but I just think gonna let down vain. So being I'm gonna make it for you. The cycle that these young black men keep going through, I'm gonna break it for you. Start taking care of me and me consists of all my friends and family from now on until I'm gone. And then it creeps back into the chorus where they're born into this dark environment. And I felt that just like they paint it up and like it's very painful and then CeeLo's like yeah but we don't have to let it be meaningless we can we can learn yep. we can be better I mean well CeeLo I'm learning from you so that hit me again heavy and hard the song is fucking powerful and I gave it a 4.5 on 5 yeah um, I mean this they're talking about all the violence and everything that they're seeing at, at their present time in 1995 um, and how they're saying that you know life should be good um, you know it's been you know all this time has passed since you know all these you know the riots and everything from like the 60s and like everything else and then now in the 90s all this stuff is happening again like Rodney King has just happened recently yeah and so like I think that they're kind of saying like this is crazy like this kind of violence and everything that we saw and like we thought that we escaped it's just as bad as it ever was um and like the the dangerous street life is kind of the life that they were born into and how difficult that is and how it's very sad and it's not easy um and he's talking about the the realities of gun violence and he's talking about people that he knew personally that have been killed by guns and you know he's he's facing this this funeral i'm guessing that was from the previous song um you know it was from a friend you know obviously somebody close to, to like the, the group passed away was killed um, but they're not going to let they're going to use their their words and their rap and their music and um, their influence as well um, to not let their friend just die in vain and like to not let themselves you know go out that way as well and which I think is really interesting and like a, a good thing um, it's definitely like powerful um and CeeLo like almost cries on it as well like it's very like sad and heart-wrenching and you're like shit man like this is this is someone's reality that this is how terrible their life is in this you know America the great you know country and it's not for a lot of people unfortunately um yeah and it's just sad realities and they're they're also because you know it kind of comes in from the last song they're the pallbearers they're literally carrying the weight of this of this dead person that they they loved um on their shoulders and they're carrying the weight of all of this on on themselves they're they have to carry on and and be better and not have that weight on them and uh, forever and hopefully that they can do something that's meaningful enough that they can kind of move past that and say that they did do a good job in their lives i think that's kind of something that's powerful. So I give this a five on five. It's I thought it was great. All right. The next one is Rico. Rico, Rico. So this is Rico Wade. And he says, we sit back and watch for the bullshit because you know it's coming. You know it's coming, coming. And yeah, I think that that is a good little seven seconds to describe a lot of what they've kind of put up. Um, I personally feel that this was seven seconds that was just there and did very little for me. I give it a four. 
I mean, I suppose it works. The next one's called The Coming, and so it plays into that, but... Yeah, I, I, gave, it a, I gave it a 3.75. It was really too short to have any impact. Shrug. All right, let's talk about the next one called The Coming. Featuring The Witch Doctor. All right, Bonnie, how do you feel about this one? Well, you know, I feel like you know I liked it. Um... So they're they're singing they're singing about don't get involved in crack with crack just don't um, and just sort of talking about I think they're reacting more to like the terrible violence that, that they constantly see that they that's around them um, and God is leading them they're trying you know helping them maybe like escape and finding better ways and I think that that's proof to the pudding in this music um, I liked Witch Doctor. I thought that he was cool. I really enjoy like that reggae feeling that he kind of brings to the table. Um, and they talk about how the city will kind of eat you up and swallow you, swallow you whole. Um, they talk about being tough. And CeeLo wants um, black people to uprise and uh, create a change and do something that's, I guess, maybe more like a peaceful uh, protest. Um, so I thought it was a really good song. It's uh, it has a good message. I liked that. Um, I also I, I always enjoy like listening to like these weird little sounds, and I enjoyed listening to like what I imagined to be like the swamp sounds in the background. There was like frogs and chirping, and it sounded very like like I imagine being at a swamp when I think of the South. I don't know, maybe that's just like because of Louisiana or whatever, but or New Orleans, wherever there's like all those swamps and the, the bayous. Swamps? bayous and like in florida they have all the swamps where like the, the everglades are right and the, the alligators and crocodiles alligators uh <laughs> anyways i liked it um i really like that kind of reggae feel that uh, witch Bro doctor brought to this um i gave it a 4.4 i thought it was good that's fair um i when i heard the killing tool click i don't know i pictured guns i don't yeah. know if it's supposed to be a gun i just kind of pictured people with guns well, yeah, they're talking took, about violence. I feel like this kind of, like, I don't know. I, I don't really know if I understood the point of it. Like, it got to a point where I felt like I was just kind of hit with a lot and by the end of this album. So, as I begin to fall and I spread the riot no longer quiet, I got a voice that's in your ear staring clear. It's madness everywhere everywhere I look, but can't see so much I can't explain. I feel on the real. Every day it's like a ferris looking to find some wheels. I'm So again, chaos and crazy shit going on. The dark context of their reality. They're very stressed about the situation. Numb to pain and whatnot. And then, I don't know, I kind of took it like the crack game brings you to kill is like one circumstance there that gets brought up in terms of the dark reality. Mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of took uh witch doctor's verse as if you underestimate me or you come at me the wrong way i'll be forced to kind of kill and be brought to that point um i didn't really catch a lot in from kujo's verse it just kind of seemed again more of a politicized thing like mm -hmm. racism and shit like that's going on like right off the jump bill washed my mouth out with soap i mean i'm going to assume that's clinton because that's the president at the time Sent you home with your shit poking out, the laugh shouting out obscenities. No, it's just a dream, but I'm a sore loser. Flag murderer, crosses burning in my front yard. KKK throwing them rallies, but no, not no more. In these parts, trespassers get penalized. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, like racism and like all that shit's kind of forcing you to a point of fucking violence and unhappiness. Big Gip kind of paints out just the streets is what the situation is, you know? And don't fuck, again, you just get this don't fuck with us kind of situation there. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, CeeLo kind of calls, again, 
white people don't fuck with us because, you know, we're going to uprise and unite together. I mean, I like it when Sila says cracker. Crackers, cracker's a good <laughs> fucking word. Uh, I don't think so. <coughs> I feel like, I mean, doesn't it come from, like, us cracking whips? I mean, in the, the sense of like, the con- like, like- here, I mean, I enjoy hearing, like, a uh, guy like Sila be like, cracker, you stuck with it. You know, like, there's something to the power and rage there where it feels... Like, I never really knew where it came from. And then, like, finally, like, it clicked in my head. Like, you know, not... Like not too many years ago, but I was like, "Oh, is that that's what it means?" <laughs> like, yeah. So I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, the whole point of this song is that these are men who, for different reasons, have reached a point where they are willing to kill if need be. And again, if you're looking at the picture they're painting, it's kind of like yeah. the little preface before. Like we're watching for bullshit. We know that this shit's coming, so we have to be in this p- p- point of view. I thought it was pretty strong. Um, I gave it a 4.35. It's definitely not one of my favorite songs on the album. Maybe I just had a little bit of trouble getting into it. That's fine. That's what I think about that. All right. Well, let's see how you feel about getting into CeeLo. Ew. This is a weird one. <laughs> CeeLo's... So in the context, I mean, devil is the white people and God is the, is the black man in the context, I believe, of the nation of Islam. But, I mean, this is a fascinating thing. It's basically saying that God is in the creator above, allowed the evil and the white man's racism and all of this shit to happen to basically put the black folk to the forge to create a stronger, more powerful version of them. That's basically what he's saying here. Yep. And I was like, that's an interesting way to take the circumstances of the darkness explored on this album and to try to find some meaning in it. And if you think about CeeLo's verses throughout the project to this point, they've all kind of had that tone. Like, I appreciate the struggle because it makes me a better man. And I guess that is a way to take the worst of situations and flip them. It is like being steel and put through a forge and shit. So I thought it was really interesting. But again, it was just like, wow, we're back to another little skit thing. And I guess the back and forth at the end kind of hit me a little bit. So I gave it a 4.25. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, he just says, like, God is everything and other people's badness helps their goodness, um, essentially. So, yeah, I mean, there really wasn't much else to it, but it's nice. I gave it a 3.75. All right. Which it does work to bring us into the last one on the project, which is called The Day After. All right, Bonnie, how do you feel about this album closer? Well, I think it starts off and I think the message is clear. It's pretty similar to like the last uh, little thing with CeeLo. Keep fighting for the positive and the goodness. I keep making that and keep being that. Um, Believe in God. Don't fall into like the trap of drugs and, and alcohol and, you know, <clears throat> like don't get, get involved in like the street life I guess he's kind of trying to say um, you know be aware like take things seriously because your friends and your family and your neighbors and people around you are dying and like this is this is definitely going to affect and affect everybody um, in, in the, these communities and he wants everybody to think about the future and make positive choices and make you know slowly but surely like things can change if everybody starts making these positive little choices the the bigger movement will will happen um and just try to have forgiveness i think is kind of what he's saying as well um which is very important and not always easy but you know it is something that's very important um and then basically like CeeLo comes in 
and he's like do you want to end up in heaven or hell like these are like your choices and he knows he's going to heaven because he's made these good choices and death is freedom and you know if you want no pain and no suffering and everything else then do good and you'll end up in heaven with him and like with everybody else where you should be he's kind of saying like we all belong there just kind of step up and you know like live up to your expectations and um, just try to do better for yourself and for your entire race and for your entire and for all people um i think that that's kind of interesting and he's yeah i thought it was good um i gave it a 4.4 yeah i mean i love the chorus because uh, you gotta understand this is like the culmination of a journey like this is definitely i mean maybe it's a little too early for the album wrap up but this is definitely an album that is meant to be listened to as a complete project as it takes you through this painful experience only to get to this moment where it's yeah. like it's a I'm lovely so, song i'm so happy we made it i knew one day we would all these years of struggling were never understood now my eyes are open and i can clearly see we didn't die for nothing because we're finally free i'm so happy mm-hmm. it's like fuck eh after all the struggle you finally get there and then it starts off with big gip talking about how his grandpa dies at 103 years old and didn't complain he just fucking did what he had to do and he just kind of grinded you know and then sometimes i fight gib should i spend or should i hold what tomorrow brings fly that ain't rule that fly ain't that role like fuck it's i don't under some of this southern slang is a fucking mouthful because i've never put these words in that order in my life fly ain't that role egg so many lips in my head, seeing some act up from one taste out the cup. Can't build me up to cut me down. Gip is in your game, but Gip won't play your game in the day after. And it's the idea of, like, he sees his grandpa's inspiration. And as much as he's stuck being in this world, why does he have to subject himself to that? And not, he's going to be better than that. Yeah. And then it just keeps following on through. I like in the second verse, the good that died mostly over bullshit, taking a gun and pulled it on an innocent friend of mine that could have been yours. How can I stop the war and all the crime inside the minds that's programmed to destroy it from the beginning? When will it end on that day after judgment? Will I be ready? So, I mean, again, it's about keeping yourself focused and in light of the fact that darkness is coming and there's all sorts of bullshit, there's even war in a sense going on. It's about keeping yourself pure and to understand the circumstances to be above it. Um, I don't know. And then it just kind of flows on through. Same kind of thing in the third verse. Like, it's darker opportunities, but you kind of have to be stronger than it. And then CeeLo's a little bit blunt at the end. Ultimately... This is a very hopeful song. Um, the beat is the—it's the only beat where you really feel uplifted listening to it. Like you feel like this is some spiritual uplifting goodness. Like between the tone of the messages, like we finally are surviving. Like even if it is just that through death, because of how we lived our life, we're going to be free in our spirits. It's still kind of morbid. It's still powerful because like. I mean, if you look at it from a Christian perspective, you are supposed to suffer till you die and then you meet God. Yeah. I mean, my grandma passed and she literally just believed that shit to the day she died. And like that, the funeral service was kind of like that. Like she's happy now because she suffered in life and now she's fucking with God. I think I said that weirdly, fucking with God. Anyway. <laughs> Um, my point but I is, think it's also like showing that, that death, you know, for these young kids is 
is there. It's around them. It's it could happen to them. It's very it's not like, you know, you imagine that death is only for older people, but no, for them, these young kids who are involved in all this stuff and seeing all these terrible oh, things fuck, that he's saying. It's the day after saying, you die. What yeah. happens? It just clicked. The day after you die, who are you gonna see? Yeah. But, Either way, it's like it's a, it's a tragic like idea that that's where we're ending this album on. On like, my soul's good. So when I do, when that comes for me, my soul's good. It's powerful. I guess yeah. it's a five. This, in my opinion, is one of the strongest ends to an album we've come across. Because we all like over the journey and shit. This is a very powerful end. That's what mm. I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree. You, you give it your grade. Yeah, four point four. So yeah, I guess for this album as a whole, I mean, I can say it again, emotional, dark experience, dark in a sense where it's the most bluntest, grittiest reality shit. So when you think about soul food being real food, this is real music in the sense that it's painting a reality and it's something that you're supposed to connect with. And it's something you're supposed to go on that journey with only to realize that through consciousness, education and awareness, can we break free of the chains holding us down? I mean, it's just it's just such an amazing album. I mean, I got two grades for you, Ismail, because, you know, the one with the skits is a 4.545, and without the skits, it's a 4.62, because there were six skits on this album. I think this is undeniably a motherfucking classic. Like, undeniably. Like, this is a... I don't think I'm ever going to forget listening to this project. Not just that it's, like, a timeless thing. Like, I feel like this album has impacted me as a person in a stronger way very few albums i would say hit me as hard as this one did like you almost want to cry listening to this album because it's so emotionally painful what they're what they're talking about in general like it's like i mean you get the gist of it i've kind of made the point clear for almost two hours now so like (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know if it's two hours after editing but it's over two hours now for us so like it's really it's just a strong powerful amazing album that i feel like if you're gonna be somebody that wants to talk about what you know about what you know in hip-hop this is mandatory this is a mandatory listen especially in my opinion if you're a white person who wonders why people might feel a certain way in the hood it's a good there's a good testimony for how certain people might feel in their day-to-day life yeah yeah, I, I mean, I give this a 4.25 um, on 5. It's an 85%. Um, I definitely agree. It's It definitely has, like, some great songs. It, it has that... It definitely, like, impacts you. It gives you lots to think about, lots to feel, and kind of, like, like reflect upon. And, like, there are messages, I think, that will just kind of stick with you for a long time after. Um, and, and at the same time, there's, like, some hype beats. Um, Organized Noise did an amazing job on this album. Um, and on, on, on most of the beats, I think they did. Um, and like, there's like some really good, groovy, enjoyable like tunes on this one, and I really like that as well. It's not all morbid and terrible. It's some of it's like really like enjoyable, and it is food for your soul. It's definitely, I think that's, I think it was effectively effective, and um, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it for me. I liked it. That's fair. Um, before we go on, I just wanted to let you know that I've been trying to get the chorus from Millennials by Outkast for a, for a while now, and that might be the hardest fucking chorus I've ever come up with. You know, just so you know that. Uh, 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 I can't even fucking do it. All so this annoying. Specific, I have to listen to this all the time. I've been really working on it. I wanted to know if you guys are also struggling with that <laughs> hook in your personal lives. Like, how the fuck did Andre make those sounds was so tight on his throat? I can't figure it out. <laughs> 
anyway thank you all for watching this it really means the world to us um please feel free to leave us a comment with anything you want to say add to it i know y'all got the goods on the goody mob y'all but you all got some great stories to put in that comments and if you do not only will i appreciate it and answer you but then everybody else coming to the review everybody knows you read the comment section so you're you're adding to that lore of this video um so feel free to do that we're small enough i promise i'll answer unless you're watching this in three years and we're huge in which case well that's a different story um <laughs> special thanks to the patrons ismail gadamsi chris prado super old school 1994 linda williams and the man of the hour mr carl thank you for the fucking request because yep. he joined us on patreon this was his free request and now he's part of the request pool where every couple of weeks you may notice we're talking about these patreon requests well it's these people they're telling us what to review and it's crazy because like you really get the sense of their personality. Great ideas. Yeah, like this one's for you, Super Old School nineteen ninety four. But they, I don't get a lot of comments. But I'd, I'd say since we've done that review, at least once a month, somebody's been like, "Wow, you guys did a review of Nata Natas." Fuck, I'm Natas. not. Even, I'm not even saying it right. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Do you believe in God? Anyway, so yeah, you guys are, are really dope for all that. So and they support us. We got a new camera recently, so you can see all the fucking lint on the table and shit. Um, we're trying to get to the hair. next level. We're sorry. They're terrible cat hairs. They're <laughs> fucking everywhere. We're trying to get to the next level. So if you want to see us do more, it's a great way. And if not, you can hit that subscribe button. If you like the video, you can hit the like button. You just like you click. Or if you're on your phone, you would do that. <laughs> um, you can also leave a little comment where on your phone it might be. Anyway. <laughs> I'm hungry. And I have a, I just dropped a project recently myself, so feel free to check that out. It's on this channel, the songs, and uh, the link to all that's in the description of the video. And yeah, so we're gonna go eat some less soulful soul food because it's Canada and we don't have that good shit up here. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>